Live from Sacramento. Live from Sacramento. It's Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports. We are live! What a day it is. It's Thursday, February 2nd. Deuce Mason, Morgan Reagan, so good to be back here. Talking Kings today. It's a big day for the Kings. Kings got a win in San Antonio last night. Their two All-Stars got the job done. They'll be named All-Stars today, right? I think so. We got a jam-packed show. Brendan Nunez will be live with us at 1 p.m. Morgan Reagan, how are you on this Thursday? Oh, you know. Oh, you already know. Okay. What, what wrestler is that? that? That's not even a wrestler. Oh, You're trying sorry, to do oh, had... New Age Outlaws. Oh, you didn't know? <laughs> you okay. can't do that if you don't I'm know sorry. who it is. I'm sorry. You do it all the time. You and Chris do wrestling things and just try and include myself. Either way, not going to include myself in that, but I'll include myself into the basketball conversation. And within this basketball conversation, I feel great. I feel great that the Kings got a win. I feel great that All-Stars are going to be um, named today. I'm excited about everything. And we appreciate everyone joining us live. If you're driving around right now, we are on each day 11 to 2 p.m. Pacific <laughs> time. Uh, when you get back to the office, you get back to the house, whatever you're doing, pop on the YouTube feed. Because the YouTube chat is pumping right now. Go to YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. Shout out to everyone watching us live right now. And we always put the challenge out. Today is a good day. Kings should get two all-stars today. So why don't you go ahead and hit the thumbs up button. All it does is help the channel grow, grow, grow. Also subscribe to the channel. It helps us. Yes. It helps us so more people know that we got live and local content going on all day long. You know, people are complimenting your shirt, by the way, Morgan, your crew neck. And the Kings won last night? Believe it or not, the Kings did win last night. You know what that means. Oh, what does it mean? Fire the laser! Yes! Kings win in San Antonio 119-109. to 50 games into the season, they are 29-21. and 21. I'm worried I feel underdressed right now. Oh, okay. Oh, I have a feeling I already know what this bit might be. Wow. This is the bit. It happened last night, and it's here again. When you have a night like tonight at Uh 4 p.m., we're going to hear about All-Stars. We're going to be talking about the King's win. you got to... You gotta dress for the occasion, Morgan. Occasion. You gotta wear a little designer jackets. Yeah, what, who's the designer again? I asked you this. Giorgio Giorgino. I, Chris. Chris loves Giorgio Giorgino. Giorgio Giorgino. Deuce, I'm not gonna lie. It kind of looks cool with the king shirt underneath. It, you know how people could look really homerish and really not cool? I look cool. You look really cool. Shouldn't be surprised by that. At I'm all. a little surprised. All right. They can need a top hat. This yeah, is like when you, we're saying if like what your position would be in the circus and you would be the ringleader. <laughs> yes. That would be perfect. And a cane. A cane? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good idea. We can add to it. All right. <laughs> Appreciate you guys joining us today. So the Kings did beat the Spurs last night in a game that, okay, they win by double digits against a team that's not very good. A uh-huh. team that has now lost seven in a row. But they got the job done. And it was an interesting game because it was a game that Fox and Sabonis kind of had to carry them. And they both came out aggressive 
What jumped out to you about last night's win? That's exactly it. The way that De'Aaron Fox and Domas Sabonis said, hey, get on my back. Let's go. Let's win this game. You saw the way that Domas was just super dominant in the paint. You look at points in the paint for the entire Sacramento Kings squad, 74 points in the paint. Obviously, Domas... Majority of those points um, with the way that he was just going at guys, understanding that he could feast in the paint. I thought that was one of the smartest things that they did. They capitalized on the weaknesses of the Spurs, where I feel like at times you see them want to execute these game plans with teams like this, and they don't. They executed on that side of the ball. I know we'll talk about the defense coming up, but right now it's about the good and what Domas and De'Aaron did. Those two guys, it's not often you see them both with 20 field goal attempts. It's a bonus. A season high in field goal attempts. He was 15 of 20. He had had 34 points, a season high, 11 rebounds, four dimes. And then Fox put up 23 shots. I love the aggressive Fox, too. Like, go get yours. And I'm fine with having some balance. And the Kings still have balance. I mean, the ball still moved around. They had 25 assists. And that was with... A game, they weren't knocking down the three. So, to me, the score is a little misleading because they do win by 10. I think if the Kings actually knock down some threes, they probably win very comfortably. They were just missing some shots. Keegan struggled. Kevin Herter struggled a little bit. bit. They go 8 for 27 from three and find a way to win. And it's because your your two key guys played a big-time role. And that's what I love, Deuce. How many times have we had to talk about this Sacramento Kings squad and their identity being um, shooting the shot and and shooting efficiently, and that's going to be the way that they win games, especially on the offensive end. Well, it's great to see the way that they dominate in the paint. And it's not it wasn't just feeding the big fella and having him go to work. It was the way that they were – getting into the paint to create. Um, I know we'll talk more about Malik Monk and his ability to get into the paint, create, finish, score, um, almost kill somebody with a dunk, a missed dunk. But De'Aaron Fox, the way that he gets in the paint, he does such a great job on such a different level now. I think he had this like in and out dribble in the fourth quarter, off the glass. This wasn't even in the paint. This was just like a mid-range, and he gets the and one off the glass, goes to the free throw line. He didn't even shoot his first free throws until late in this game. So it wasn't like one of those weird officiating games where you're like, where's the calls? It was He was doing a great job of understanding the body that was in front of him and still finding a way to score around it or through it or however he needed to with that defense. He's been great, man. So and- good. He's been so elite in the mid-range, and teams know he's doing it. And I understand, like, hey, give up the mid-range. If you're giving up a mid-range to De'Aaron Fox, you're doing it wrong because he loves it, and he's going to knock that shot down. He's going to do it efficiently, and he can hit it. Even if you got a bigger guy on him, he can knock that down over him. And so it's been fun to see his development in that regard, his offenses. I just feel like he's never – been a more complete player than he is this year in the NBA. And I know we all wanted it to come earlier, but here we are in year six, and I think he's on the cusp of being named a Western Conference All-Star. He's being more efficient, whether it's mid-range, attacking the basket, uh-huh. the free throw percentage. I think his three-point percentage continues to tick up a little yes. bit. Still can go higher. Give me 35% from three. That'd be ideal. But it's finally up there. But the biggest thing with him is his defense. His defense has gone so much better, and I, I just – think that needs to be talked about more because this was a guy that at times you're going, what is happening defensively? He should be good defensively. Yeah. You saw him at Kentucky. He was such a good defensive 
player, and he has all the tools to be a really good one in the NBA. You only saw flashes. But you know what matters? What's around you matters. The coaches matter. And this, I think, in the first time of his career, it's his approach. It's being coached by the right guys. It's having the right people around him to inspire and lift up. And he's bringing it. We talk so much about rim protection and not getting beat. It also starts at the point of attack. And De'Aaron Fox is getting in the guys more so than ever. He's getting steals, deflections. He's playing some good defense right now. He's giving – he's doing – he's making guys have to work so much harder along the perimeter. And what that allows the rest of the defense to do is to really get in their spots, talk it up, focus on their – player or their spot on the floor. There's just so much resistance there when it comes to De'Aaron Fox and the way that he's been defending. And it's not only that, though, Deuce. It's the way that he gets up in guys. He's disrupting their game so much because they're having to focus on dribbling the basketball, and so their vision is off. Everything's a little off with them. I love the way that he stepped up his game defensively because how many times we've said it starts – with him and it starts with the head of the snake especially on the defensive end are people going to feel Davion Mitchell's um defensive presence and maybe have it be contagious as the year continues I feel like that's been a huge thing I feel like everything you just said about the coaches bringing that out of him coaching him how to play basketball the right way and that's playing a complete game I think Brown's challenged him too like hey you gotta be better if we are going to reach the levels that we can reach as a team, and you can play at the level that we all think you can, we're going to have great success. And when the results back that up, it's like, hey, Fox, you're playing better defense. You're getting your spots offensively. Look, the Kings are the number three seed in the the Western Conference. They're 28 and 21, or 29 and 21 now. So it's it's one thing for a coach to be, hey, do this, 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 and it's going to have success. Those things are actually happening now. And I'm just, I'm happy that Fox has found who he is as a player, and he can still get better. But I'm glad he has the coaching staff surrounding him that is empowering him, holding him accountable, and challenging him on a daily basis to get better. And not only are they doing those things, I I mean, I think you see how important, and I know we'll talk about this when it comes to Keegan Murray, how important some of those huddles are, how important some of those timeouts are, because It has been allowing De'Aaron Fox to lead, to talk, to communicate in some of those huddles, or for coaches to trust him, Mike Brown, to trust him coming out of the huddle. He's going to get his. He's going to do the right thing. And I love that there's just been so much substance to these timeouts. Guys are so coachable. They're taking something from it each and every time. And I think that's been one of my favorite things, right, is when – I don't know. I don't have kids, but I'm sure when people see their kid learn a new word or like put another block on top of another block, is that what kids do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh my, hey, dude, you know what my kid did today? My kid stacked a block. On a block. Is this the comparison? You're, it's so like when you Darren's see, growth is no, like a baby. My point is, is like as, as, Anyone, you see your your child grow yeah. with something physical right in front of your eyes. That moment when they put that block on the other block, it's like no parent forgets. Mind that blown. Moment. No, but truly, it's fun seeing day by day, game by game, Deer and Fox grow and develop right in front of our eyes, just as basketball fans. That's my 
point in comparison. Let's get to some people watching us live on YouTube. Appreciate all everyone being here. Make sure if you're here, hit the thumbs up button. Stop wasting time. We should be at 150 by now. Let's get it going. Hit the thumbs up button. Make sure to subscribe. Uh, Rory in the chest says, you guys make me nervous standing all the time. Really? That's the one thing with the studio. Like, we we sit down, we stand up. I don't know. Is it weird that we stand up? It's just like our energy is flowing, man. You got to let it flow. Uh, Megan says, Deuce's jacket tag is giving me sensory issues. I, I'm with you. It was bothering I, I hit it. I didn't know it was there. Yeah. I didn't take it off yet because I'm like, am I going to return this or do I keep it? Oh my God. So do I You're return it to my designer? People? You can't be one of the, to your designer. Oh, not to the, Giorgio Giorgiorno. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Well, Chris. I just have to make sure it's, you know, fit right. Yeah, I might oh, have to send it back to him. Giorgio, Giorgio Giorgiorno, could you please make sure we have a little bit more sparkle? Please? Giorgio is my guy. Um, PK says, I have anxiety standing up. Okay. Um, I think we just have to keep doing what we feel is right. Sometimes yeah. I'll stand. Sometimes I'll sit. Maybe I'll climb on top of this in oh, front of me. Okay. We have so much to get to. We're always live on YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. We'll be back in 60 seconds on the radio side. Box high screen and roll with bar. On Sacktown Sports. Fox, high screen and roll with Barnes. Barnes pops to the right side, takes the feed, looks left, drives it right, goes to the rim with a two-hand flush. Off the dribble, Harrison Barnes. Jamesi Metu up, flapping his arms to the Black Falcon. <laughs> God, I love the G-Man. Does G-Man Gary Gerald have some fun this year? Think about G-Man for a second. Yeah. I'll talk about the misery of Kings basketball over the years. Some of you guys out there listening, maybe you've been along for the ride for 10 years. Maybe 20. Remember, maybe you have great memories of the whole thing. But there is not one person in Sacramento who has had to deal with the Kings nope. as closely and watch every single loss. We're talking about when they had like 40, what, one road losses in a row at one point. Losing games by 60 points. Gary Gerald has been there for every single one of those. I think about him often, and I think about, you know, like, we say that, and some people out there will be like, I've been there too, but here's the difference. You still have the ability to take that remote and go, click, I don't want to watch He's got to call the game. He has to <laughs> intently watch the game yeah. and call it, talk about it for the entire game, even if it's a 30-point blowout from an opponent over the years, right? It's it's not pretty. He deserves since 1985. He deserves everything this Just, season. Everything. I am happy for him. Yes. he gets to call fun basketball. This is a fun team to watch. There's so much to go over. Kings get the win, 50 games in at 29 and 21, and at 4 p.m. Pacific time, we learn if Fox and Sabonis make the NBA All Star team. Mm. We may learn before then if if Shams leaks it out. I this what do stuff you think? gets leaked. Yeah. I, do, I mean I. TNT would love it not to get leaked uh-huh. out there, but I'm sure Woj and Shams might do that. Okay. okay. You know, at least a few minutes before. Yeah, they love the clicks. Um, appreciate everyone <laughs> joining us live right now. I see the YouTube feed popping. You can watch us all the time, youtube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. If you're in the chat right now, hit that thumbs up button. Make sure you're subscribed. The thumbs up, all it does is help our channel grow. And so people know we're doing live and local contact content from 6A to 6P each and every day. Morgan Reagan, um, we talked so much about Fox and Sabonis and what they were able to do last night. Let's give some love to Malik Monk. 
This guy so has love. been in a funk at times this year. He hasn't shot the ball well from three like we all thought he would. He was such an efficient three-point shooter last year in L.A. His final year in Charlotte was pretty good, too. Uh, this year, not so much. But I feel like he he just brings a little fun to the team. He has a great spirit about him. Yep. And even when he's missing his shots, you're like, I think you're still having an impact. It's chaotic sometimes. It's a little crazy with some of the passes he makes, but then he makes some brilliant ones. He's some brilliant almost highlights with that dunk last night when he spun and went up and tried to yak it on Pirtle's head. That would have been one of the best dunks yak in a long, long time. Yak it on Pirtle's head. I yeah. like it, yeah. And that was amazing. But, again, back-to-back games where I think he's had a big-time impact. What has jumped out to you, at least with the last couple of games, with Malik Monk? Well, I think it's kind of what you said of how we feel about Malik Monk and Lorraine Fox joined our show the other day and we asked her about one of some of her favorite players on the Kings besides De'Aaron. She when she mentioned Malik, not only because they go way back, she talked about how there's times she watches him play and she feels all the same things that we feel watching him play. When he has the type of presence that he has last night, that's what really sticks out to me. It's that chaotic energy that is contained and under control. And when I say that, you look at his steals. Three steals for Malik Monk. Ten as a team, right? But even those steals, they just get other guys' energy flowing. You saw De'Aaron with another steal toward the end of the second quarter, and he tosses it up to Malik Monk for a reverse jam. And it was just not only those two in the chemistry, it was Malik Monk's ability, his athletic ability to finish where he finishes at the rim. I think it's so special. But then when he produces with 22 points, Deuce, I mean, that's when you're just like, oh, I get how important you are to this team. And it wasn't like he was just knocking down threes last night. He had a couple, which was great. It was a great sign to see him knock down a couple threes. But I think him just getting into the paint. He's had some incredible finishes around the basket, setting up his teammates. He's been big. Mike Brown, how about Malik Monk last night? Malik uh, was huge for us. He's, you know, played uh, two big games for us in a row. Uh, But I thought tonight... uh, uh, his defense, especially on the ball, uh, was really good. He was active in the passing lanes. He had six or seven deflections. Uh, I'm not a huge uh, uh, steel guy, but he, he had two, so I give him credit for that. You know, uh, but his activity defensively, and same with Fox's getting deflections, uh, really helped us out uh, when we needed big stops. He says he's not a big steals guy, and yeah. I get that. That can be overblown sometimes, but deflections matter. And, yes, steals do matter. It doesn't mean you're a lockdown defender. Sometimes guys gamble. I actually have him down for three steals last night. He won the defensive Same. player of the game uh, by from the coaching staff last night. What I loved about that, if you guys saw that on social media, the Kings put it out on Twitter, Instagram, so all that, cool. the dude was amped up to get that defensive player of the game chain. And the vibes around this team are perfect the fact that they're in the, on the road, they've got a fog machine, yep. they've got purple lights, they're all celebrating, enjoying these moments. I think that stuff is really cool. I think it brings a team together. It to- Dude, WNBA champion, MVP, Asia Wilson with the Las Vegas Aces just retweeted the Sacramento Kings um, photos of the fog machine and the lights in the locker room. And she's like, that on the road, in the locker room? 
I like it. And it's it's one of those things as a player, as a teammate, you can understand and appreciate what that can do. Especially when times are difficult, you're on the road, you're away from home, away from your people, always feeling like your teammates are your people, even when you're not having the best game, even when you're not getting into the game, it can really keep the spirit of an entire team alive. I think one of my favorite things, too, about those photos, just like you said, the energy Malik Monk had, you could tell it was the moment he was told, like, you've won the DPOG. And he's just like, ah, screaming, excited. After playing an entire basketball game, still had that much energy. A lot of people compare me to Monk, right? Just the the spirit and the fun. I like to this show, the podcast, whatever. I, I kind of bring that joy with me. Chris, I, I agree with that. Thank you. Oh, thank you. I can't depend. on Thank you. No, I, well, no. then who would who would you be? Who would, who would Mo be? I would be Deer and Fox and Sabonis put together. I know. I think you're more like Deli, like really supportive, and we love having you around. We do love having you around. Honestly, you've won a couple you, things. Don't. No Matthew Delavadova slander. No. One. Did, no, no, no. No, no, no. Crikey. Yeah. <laughs> I did not two, slander you. Two, I am like the assist queen. I make everything better with us, and I also know how to drop dimes to you even when you're doing terrible. I know how to drop dimes to your stupid face too, Chris. Yeah, I'm talking to you over there. Okay. Both of you, worse, I'm the best. I was going to say I, I feel like I'm the Trey Lyles of the show. That's fair. I, you know what? I'll take that. Trey Ly- That's Trey Lyles. I'm like, if you put Sabonis and Monk together, that's me. I'm Sabonis with Monk's personality. I, I can score. I'm going to score on you inside. I'm, gonna, I'm looking for you. I could drop you dimes left and right. The IQ, like everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, I'm De'Aaron Fox, Keegan, Sabonis, and Mike Brown. Okay. All okay. Uh, let's get to the YouTube chat. Times infinity. Yeah. Uh, Foxy Sabo, Sabonis. I can't read that. Got it. This team know. really needs Monk to be consistent. He really changes how the whole team plays. Dude has got that swag. Yeah, I just hope he has found kind of more of a rhythm. I just know sometimes, you know, you when you're missing shots all the time and you're used to making them, that wears on you. It's about him keeping that spirit. So, of course, you want him to keep that rolling. Um, also, someone said, when are you guys going to get an in-studio fog machine? <laughs> you know, it's crazy. I actually uh, ordered a fog machine last night. Did it? And we it bring, came today. Didn't we bring that up on the first show? <laughs> yeah. So I got I, I ordered fog machine, the fog stuff, and le- lights. I don't know if we can do that in here though. Oh no, we're not doing it. Here. Okay. Yeah. Fire no, hazard. No. Nick Cattles would die with that stuff yeah. on this on, on the equipment. Still have yet to hear a reason not to have it in here. Mm, good point, Chris. Uh, Mike in the chat wants to know why do you guys uh, pronounce uh, Pertle's name with an R? Because that's how you pronounce it. Yaka Pertle. Yeah. All right, coming up next, we'll talk more about the Kings, including do we actually believe that Sabonis and Fox make the All-Star team? We're going to talk about that next. We're always live on YouTube.com slash Sports 1140 It's Deuce and Mo. Deuce and Mo. Sacktown Sports. Has the ball knocked out of his hands. Here's another steal. Tipped ahead. Barnes to Fox. Sets up the alley-oop. Malik Monk a reverse over the shoulder. Two and throw down. And the entire Kinch bench exploded to their feet on the near sideline. 49-37. Defense turning into offense. Three consecutive possessions. Question, Morgan Reagan. I'm ready for it. 
What was the better highlight than last night's Kings win? Ooh. Was it that play we just witnessed, the Fox oop, the reverse jam by Monk, or was it Malik Monk's missed dunk? It was that one because it added two points to okay. the scoreboard. It's crazy that a missed dunk, I could watch that so many times because it was that nice. of Like the spin and the fact that he was able to rise up, bring the ball back. <laughs> Deuce. I jumped out. I jumped. I was like, are you kidding me? He stayed up in the air. That was what was wild. It was like he was like a cartoon where he could have had a cup of tea up in the air because he had so much time. It was like, do, do, threw the cup of tea and went, ah! Um, I loved it. I loved everything about his athletic ability. He showed so many flashes of, of just fun basketball last night. He's just, he's really great to have on this squad for so many reasons. I mean, Mike Brown even talked about uh, him defensively, and he just looks a lot more locked in, engaged, understands what he needs to do, but he can hit a jumper. He can hit that corner three at the end of the game. Malik Monk's great. Uh, Rory in the chest says, I'm already bored with all the winning. Ugh. Don't, (laughs) Rory, I know you're joking, but don't even. They got to win Friday. I just, we're not there I think yet. from here on out, I'm just going to be honest, okay. here on out, can't lose to the Pacers. I just, I can't stomach it because, you know, let's just say the Kings lose on Friday, Halliburton's back. Mm-hmm. It, it just, they come out of the hiding. I told you. Imagine if you had Halliburton on the team. They'll ignore what happened in Sacramento. Mm-hmm. Just take care of business, please. Yeah. That's I mean, I by next year, it will be a NBA rivalry week will be the Pacers <laughs> and the Kings taking each other on. So I don't I, care. I was asking about that Monk highlight, which one was better, yeah, the yeah, missed yeah. dunk or the reverse. Omar in the chat says the missed dunk. J-Rock said the missed dunk, too. <laughs> a lot of you guys, I don't blame you yeah. for saying the missed dunk. It was amazing. Um and it's funny, too. Deuce, you and I were talking about this last night as well. If it was uh, a player in a different jersey, like a Lakers jersey, that missed dunk is going to be on your Sports Center top 10. It was on Sports Center's it IG. It was? Yeah. Okay. They put it on IG on last IG. night. They actually gave you both angles. They had the picture. Okay. So we can't. We got to be consistent with this. Cool, cool. Uh, Steven said that dunk attempt would have been dunk of the decade if Monk finished it. Facts. I I agree. I mean, you're you're doing that on per. It's the spin away from the defender. Yeah, bring it back, and you're about to jam it on Pertle's head. It looked better than a John Morant dunk, and a John Morant dunk yeah. is pretty special. pretty up there. Yeah. So we learn uh, about the NBA All Star team. The reserves get announced today, officially announced at 4 p.m. I'm sure it'll leak ahead of time. The NBA head coaches determine the All Star reserves. Seven spots in the Western Conference available. Morgan, you get. Uh, three front court, two back court, and then like two wild cards. Two that can play. It doesn't matter the position. Okay. As we stand today, I feel like Sabonis is an absolute lock. Do you think De'Aaron Fox gets in? Sabonis, yes. De'Aaron fringe. And I. <sighs> it's not, to me, he's not fringe anymore. To me, he is an all-star. And it's the we do this because they're fun conversations to have. But at the same time, they can be very frustrating uh, for fans like us here in Sacramento, watching this team, covering this team for so long, because you want them to get it right. You want them to reward the right people. And we were on with Jason Ross right before our show as well, talking about how that Sacramento narrative, it's always hovering over the players, even when they're in these conversations. I guess my question would be this. I just don't – I'm wondering – 
How serious do the coaches take the voting? You know, you're, you're coaching teams. Mm-hmm. And I do think, like, we sit here as fans, you know, even me, you're like – looking at this going, well, this guy played 29 games. Oh, look at his stats. I mean, do you think that Eric Spolstra is going, all right, I got to fill it out. Let me go to basketball reference and start typing up some numbers. Okay, a Fox, so let me look at, well, he only played this many. You know what I mean? Like, mm. are they really breaking it down? Or is it very much more like a PR guy goes to them and goes, hey, Spo, we got, you have uh, all-stars to vote for? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, um, who do you want front court? Uh, who are the options? And then he gets, like, two down. Yeah, yeah, go with that. Backcourt. You go Lillard, Morant. Uh, yeah, yeah, go with those. And then I, I just don't know do how you? serious they take it. Or are they actually spending time voting on this? And I know you say that, but I feel like these are basketball junkies we're talking about here. There's no way they just take it and tell someone else to just, can you help me out with this? I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe when you're that rich and, like. It's not about being rich, Morgan. It's, I feel like, They're well, busy people. Okay, I'm sorry. Morgan, let me I'm ask a you busy this. person, but if I was going to fill that out, I would want to fill it out correctly. And see, this is this is what she misses. All right, let me. You have to, Morgan. You have to sit down, and you are going to vote for all stars in NBA broadcasting. How much time are you going to spend on it? Are you going to go? Like, you know what? I'm going to watch some tape of. Um, let me see how Harlan called. Can games I be this honest? Year. Let me go see how. Yeah, oh, oh, please be honest. Deuce. You know how I feel when there are people out there that do a disservice to certain broadcasting jobs. I would take it seriously. But how many would? Exactly. Huh? Right. Exactly. Okay. When you're voting on stuff, it's easy for us to say we're, we're caught up. There's I mean, emotion. The people that suck, well, yeah, they wouldn't do the, it right. The king- I think you guys are both right. I think there are coaches that take it very seriously. Okay. And there are coaches just like, boop, 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 done. Done. Have my people do it. If you guys have thoughts on this, by the way, you can hit us up in the YouTube chat, but you can also uh, call us the old-fashioned way on the phone using a voice, 1-800-920-1140, Yeah, I was looking at what I how I think I would go with this. Okay. Coach Deuce was filling it out. Oh. Sabonis is a lock. Sabonis is in. Check. John Morant. In. No okay. doubt about it. I've got SGA in. I'm putting marking it in. The Jazz were not supposed to be... I think even if you thought that the Jazz were going to be pesky, you didn't necessarily think they were going to be in the mix of things in the West. Okay. Uh, and I don't know that many people thought Markkinen would be doing what he has been doing this year. He's had some monster games for the Utah Jazz. I'm putting him in. Anthony Edwards. Watch him on a nightly basis. Watch what he has done since Cat's been out. Watch how that team's kind of finding ways to win. He's amazing. He's been awesome. He's in. I got Fox in, and I put Damon. And that leaves out guys for Booker. me. Booker. You didn't I have put a him rule. In. You play fewer than 30 games, you're not getting in. And this is the thing that I, I don't even think that should I don't even think that should necessarily be like your rule. Because I think this no no, hear me out though. Hey, before you like throw your hands up on a little fish. She's telling me here. what my rule should not be. Hey, just to be clear. Hey. Go ahead. Oh my. Go ahead, no, go hey, ahead. Hey. Please tell me. Oh, my goodness. Um, What I was going to say before I was so rudely interrupted, I was talking about Devin Booker, and I think sometimes what people want to do with their criteria is go, 
his resume, what he does for the team over the years, and um, who he is as a player when he is on the floor. And you're exactly right with what impact has he made this season that is more than the other guys that you've mentioned. And that's the only reason why I'm saying it It shouldn't even have to be like, this is my rule, this is my criteria, and do what you want. But I'm saying like that alone impacts the way that he's on the floor helping his team. I think the one that I'm struggling with uh-huh. is Dame versus Paul George. Oh, okay. Why? I mean, George has played in enough games, I think. Dame's had some monster games as of late. Both teams are kind of hanging in there. Mm -hmm. They've been up and down. Clippers more so to do probably with resting guys so much. That's the tough one to me. But I I think rewarding someone like marketing, get him in there. And I don't care. You guys, oh, he's a ninth. They're around 500. That's what I know. The Utah Jazz are around 500 right now. And most people are like, they're going to get Victor Wembanyama. Well, that's not happening. No. Okay? So I just look at what they've been able to do. And I, I'm going, I I think Fox should be on the team. And the only way he is not on the team is if these coaches decide, yeah, we're putting Devin Booker in, even though he's played 29 mm-hmm. games. Well, Anthony Davis, he's a monster. Played 28 games. Kawhi, he's been on the tear lately. He's played 28 games. If you're playing that many games, I don't. I just don't think you should be an all-star. It doesn't mean I don't think those guys are all-star level players. It doesn't mean that I think De'Aaron Fox is better than Kawhi this Leonard. Is it. It's based on what is happening this season in yes. the NBA. These guys are playing. And you can be like, yeah, but it's not their fault if they get hurt. It's like, you know what? Sabonis, it, Sabonis got hurt too. And he fought through it. I'm giving that credit. I'm health, sorry. Health is a huge part of it. And the only reason why I, I say that and I always feel bad for the people that can't stay healthy. Like, I remember I, I played with a lot of people that would stay healthy all the time, that couldn't stay healthy. I was one of the people that couldn't stay healthy. And it does damage your game. It damages your reputation. And it sucks. But at the same time, it is what it is. Not all bodies are made the same for different physical contact, for different movements. Um, And with someone like Anthony Davis, there's times, too, even when he's playing insanely out of his mind on the floor, how many possessions could you look at in a game and go, Anthony Davis is on the ground, four on five down there. Same thing with Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid's on the ground. How many possessions did he miss in one game, right? So those guys should be on the team? No, but my point is, is like those things I I factor in when I'm just talking about players. I think sometimes people go, when healthy though, oh man. And it's like, yeah, but you got to still factor in health. That's a huge part of it, whether it's, something they can control or not well we got to talk more about this too if you guys have thoughts on it hit us up in the youtube chat also hit us up on the phone lines 1-800-920-1140 it's juice and mo on sacktown sports And it's Deuce and Mo. Watch the show now on YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. Or listen for free on the Sacktown Sports app. Oh, yes. Deuce Mason, Morgan Reagan. And Morgan is so, so excited that today we are not talking about Tom Brady. Nope. She Uh-oh. was over it. as When the retirement thing came out yesterday, she was over it. Oh, I gave him some love. No, it was great. I was kind of over it, too. I think the majority of people were over it. Yeah. Um, I, I do. Before we get back to talking about the Kings in a second, I just need to. You have not heard this. This is from the NFL Network. This might be. 
one of the most outrageous things. And I'm not underselling this, you guys. Not at all. This might be one of the most outrageous things wow. you will hear when it comes to Tom Brady. This was from the NFL Network yesterday. This is a, a huge moment, not just for Tom Brady, not just for the NFL, but like for all of us. You know, look, uh, people remember where they were when JFK was assassinated. You remember where you were with 9 11. Can I tell you something? Can I interrupt you real quick? He, his first start was a week after 9 11. That's how long like, ago he's been playing. I, was, I came out the same year as him, 2000, and he's still playing. 23 years. That's a long time. But I, I'm going to remember this. Like, I'm going to remember who I'm, I'm with. Uh, Kyle's going to remember he was in Vegas. Um, you, you're going to remember where you were when Tom Brady announced his official retirement. And it sounds like this one's for real. <laughs> What? I, I This is the, like the eighth time I've heard it. I still get shocked. What I love, too, is Peter Schrager in the background oh. cutting him off like immediately. When, once he dropped the JFK, I think Schrager said, I got to jump in here. I don't know where this guy's going. Listen to how fast he jumps in. This is a, a huge moment, not just for Tom Brady, not just for the NFL, but like for all of us. You know, look, uh, people remember where they were when JFK was assassinated. You remember oh. where you were with 9-11. Can I, I tell just, you something? Can I interrupt you real quick? Can I interrupt you? I got to stop this. <laughs> What? Like, what? This is... Now, okay, if Tom Brady played seven years in the NFL and they won a Super Bowl and just abruptly retired at the top of his game, you might remember where you are. You, you might be like, oh my God, that was shocking. A guy retiring for the second time after 23 years, no one is going to remember that. I barely remember it. And it was yesterday. It was yesterday. Yeah. I already forgot. I already we, forgot because it's irrelevant. We can prove that wrong because I can ask you guys, where were you when Tom Brady retired the first time? I don't know. I honestly don't know. That's it. I don't know. But as Do someone, you know? <laughs> I'm guessing I was here. <laughs> someone in the Utah, pizza spork in the chat says, February 1st, never forget. Oh. You just never want to forget that. (laughs) No, no, I cannot believe, like, you guys, I love basketball more than anything in the world. And when it comes to players, like, there's very important moments in this sport that I'll never forget. I would never on live television, in public, (laughs) in any way, shape, or form, compare it to to Wait, those things you there's big moments. You wouldn't compare a, a, a player retiring from playing a, a sport, throwing a ball, oh, touch a child's shot, game, to thousands dying on September 11th or a president being shot. Mm. You wouldn't do that? No. No, honestly, and it's like... Is he fired? I, you know, I don't even know who... I don't even look to see who said it. I didn't, yeah, I didn't know who that yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, but... Um, like, yeah, it, it's, yeah, you don't do that. That's so bizarre. It's so, so bizarre. <laughs> Joe in the chat says, JFK, 9-11, Tom Brady's second retirement. Thank you. Never forget. You guys, that is weird. That is the most insane thing I have ever heard. I'm so glad you didn't show me that before the show. Probably in sports history. Yeah. I'm with you. Well, I'm glad you guys can enjoy it with us because oh. that was awkward and cringeworthy. Thank you. Um, Morgan Reagan, looking back at last night's Kings win, they win 119-109. You had some thoughts on Keegan Murray's night. Keegan Murray did not make a shot last night. He was 0 for 8, including 0 for 6 from three-point land in the win. I'll never forget that night by (laughs) Keegan Murray. Kidding. Um, You look at Keegan's game last night, and Deuce, he was taking some solid 
outside shots. They were open. Um, they looked good. He was in a good position. Just none of them were dropping. It, it's frustrating to see. Those times could be really deflating. But what I did love to see is that he still played 27 minutes and was still out there, grabbed seven boards. That number is still staying up there, right? And that's important. That's important that he's still contributing on other places on the floor. Now, one of the other big moments with Keegan Murray, I was recording it because I was super excited when I saw it. Mike Brown, defensive possession breakdown by the Kings. Mike Brown, timeout. Calls a timeout. You don't see Mike Brown go to the bench with the team. Mike Brown's out on the court with Keegan explaining, coaching, teaching where he needed to be in these moments. It was all love. It was all coaching. And I just soaked it in. I love that the camera stayed on Keegan Murray and Mike Brown because those moments are so important. We talk about the substance that comes out of timeouts, but Keegan was not having a good night last night. And he needs to learn how to grow right there in those NBA minutes. He was missing shots, as you mentioned, last night. I wasn't really concerned with the misses out there. I thought he did some nice things. As you mentioned, rebounding has been a point of emphasis for him, and he's done a much better job at that. And what I loved about that timeout, it was simple. Hey, Keegan, you're supposed to come out to the elbow, right, and shield off, make sure to get in front of the defender who is driving. You can't just dig and give up a straight-line drive. Don't worry about your man. This guy is driving to the basket. Come over to the elbow. Stop him. And if he does pass out to three, you have enough space to go out there and contest that shot. Yeah. Keegan's a quick learner. He'll get it. I just, I'm with you though. That type of coaching is great. It's not, we're yelling at you. You know, this is a rookie who's making some rookie mistakes. Yeah. You got to be locked in. And I think he has really high standards for Keegan yep. because Keegan doesn't necessarily play like a rookie all the time. So in those moments, it has to be addressed. They know how crucial he is to this team's success, especially long term. Yes. And I also think like this is just, the perfect spot for someone like Keegan Murray to be in. You know, like so many rookies, they, they're they on bad teams and they're asked to do so much. They experience a lot of losing. Keegan is now in like high leverage situations where he's playing meaningful games yes. and playing major minutes and he's surrounded by some talent. This is huge for him to get this th- these opportunities. How many times over the years have we seen Kings rookies come in here? I know we've already talked about, like, and they don't develop. That's not the point. How many times do you see rookies around in any sport where they're getting coached like that, talked to like that, however, and you worry about their confidence. You worry about what it's going to do to them in the next game. This guy, mature rookie, uh, NBA-ready rookie from his body size to his mentality. And I have, like, all the confidence in the world that these moments with Keegan Murray— and I know it sounds a little talk about dramatic. I mean, we just experienced dramatic uh, with the NFL Network, but a little dramatic here. But at the same time, it is true how big and important— these moments are. And when we get to experience them as a fan or as a consumer, I just love it so much. Trevor in the chat on youtube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140 said, I love that Keegan has the temperament to handle this season so far. Senior and foremost yes. is we are so spoiled with Mike Brown. A year ago, Walt was forgetting the Kings had a timeout to take. Oh. Going at Walton, huh? Come on. Hey, why, I didn't say why that's why you, why you bringing up old stuff, it. huh? That was a chatter that said it. Can we also mention that it's not even noon yet. We're not even an hour in. And we have finally accomplished this in the <gasps> YouTube chat. The streak rolls on. We've been on since last Monday. Every single show, we have reached 200 thumbs up. 
Yes! 200, baby. Maybe it's a fire. Come on, make thumbs go up. Make them go up, up, up. Make those thumbs go up, up, up. Good job. We can get to 300 today. Job, All Chris. that does is when you create the habit of going to the YouTube channel, going, you know, I'm going to click that thumbs up. It's really easy to just click the thumbs up. This will show up on more people's pages. More people who are in the Kings basketball into the show will be able to see it. So make sure you do that each and every day and subscribe to the channel. That would be great. It really, really helps. All right, coming up next, we'll talk more Sacramento Kings. We got some fresh NBA trade deadline rumors to get to. Brendan Nunes from Kings Pulse and the Kings Beat Podcast will join us at 1 p.m. Do not go anywhere. We're always live on YouTube.com slash Sports 1140. Deuce and Mo. Deuce and Mo. On Sacktown Sports. Oh, yes, we are live on what could be a really fun day for the Sacramento Kings. We know they're getting one all-star coming up. Are they going to get two today? Kings coming off a win, and they're getting ready to continue the road trip Friday nights in a big game against Tyrese Halliburton and the Indiana Pacers. Sabonis playing his first game. In Indiana, since the trade, that's going to be a lot of fun. I'm Deuce Mason. That is Morgan Reagan. We're on each and every day from 11 to 2 p.m. Pacific time. Appreciate everyone watching us live on YouTube.com slash 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 Sacktown Sports 1140. Also, those listening on the Sacktown Sports app at 1140 a.m. Morgan Reagan. It should be fun. It's crazy to think about, like, do we care more about (laughs) All-Stars than any other city? Yes. Okay. And for good reason. Yeah, it's not. It would be the Kings' first All Star since the 2016-17 season when Demarcus Cousins made the team, and it's not like the Kings have had a history full of All Stars over the years. In fact, we can name them pretty fast. Name them: Mitch Richmond, okay, Chris Webber, okay, Peja Stoyakovich, mm-hmm. Brad Miller, okay. That's a lot. I met. I mentioned Peja already. Yeah. 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 Demarcus Cousins. Okay. And then maybe these two. And Vlade made a team, I believe, too, as an injury replacement. Did he not? I don't know. I thought you had this one down. I thought you I said did you too. could name them pretty you quick, know, and that know, was. You know why? <laughs> you know why? Because in the middle of naming them, yeah, I realized I said I think Vlade made the team, and I didn't have it written down. <laughs> My point is, they have not had a lot of them, and this year they could have two, 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 two. two. Hey, uh, Mike Brown, what do you think about Fox and Sabonis? You know, I hope so. I go, you know, like I said earlier, I mean, you got to think people would take in consideration uh, your record. And uh, because, again, even on a bad team, somebody's got to score. And, you know, if you have guys just scoring, then they're obviously not doing something right to help their team win. And that's why, uh, you know, to me, Foxy and, and, and Domas are clear-cut all-stars. But at the end of the day, uh, it's not just my decision. I'm sure he's having no issues whatsoever 2001. Voting. 2001, Vlade made it. Yes. Yeah, oh, so Vlade, Miller, C-Web, Peja, Mitch, and Demarcus. It's not a lot. Not a lot of all-stars in the Kings history. So this Kings team... I know we got a long way to go. There's still 32 games left in this Kings season, but the way it's tracking is it's a team that could be above 500. That's only happened eight times in this organization's history, and a team that could have two All-Stars 
That hasn't happened many times in King's no, history. No, And that's why we'll never forget where we were. Okay. On, no, okay, I got to stop that. But truly, it is why, as people here in this city, we get super excited. Because I know at times you and I have talked about Rookie of the year, it doesn't really matter. Like, look at, you know, Tyreek Evans. Like, look at these moments that teams have had, these rookies. And it's just, it shows you how players develop differently throughout their experience in their years. Um, I think when it comes to All-Stars, though, what it does to re-energize a city, and that, again, might sound a little dramatic, but truly, look what a freaking purple light has done for this city. A beam. It goes up in the sky. We all gravitate toward it, and it re-energizes all of us. I feel the same way if the Kings not only made the postseason, but having guys on their squad that are named All-Stars, truly, you're going to hear more and more about them. You're going to see kids wearing more and more of those jerseys, and that's important. Great question from the YouTube feed. What? Do Mike Brown's connections in the coaching fraternity help Fox's chances of making the all-star team? Ooh. Yeah, I mean, Ooh. I think if you if he is campaigning for his guys a little bit, I do feel like how great would it be if we did live in a world where, like, players campaigned at this time to be all-stars? Oh. Like, guys who may be on the bubble. It's like, Fox is going out. I'm De'Aaron Fox, and I approve this message. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they take out ads against the other, uh, like, really harsh ads. Yes. Yes, yes. Anthony Edwards, do you really want a guy that eats that much of the hot Cheetos? He eats 21 bags a week. Is this who you want as a role model for your kids? This message uh, paid for by De'Aaron Fox. (laughs) And De'Aaron Fox, all-star candidacy, 2023. Why? Or, like, imagine they had debates. Oh, my God. Give me a debate. Give me a Fox going head-to-head with Ant. Actually, Anthony Edwards would be really good up there. Sorry to go back to Bravo stuff because I know how much you love Real Housewives and everything. Yeah. You love drama. I love drama. And they do such a great job of capitalizing on all the things. It would be like the NBA having the game, right? And they go, okay, but now break apart the drama. Have a talk show and you show the other guy that tweets on the talk show and they talk some smack and then All-Star comes around and you capitalize on that and you have these debates. You have these moments. Why can't we do all this? At the All-Star Games, the players coming off the court go into this room and all of the players that were like on the fringe that didn't make it are just sitting there. Yes. They make millions. Like, you make millions to obviously play the game but there's so much more that you could be doing for this league. Sports entertainers. Well, Mike Brown detailed uh, why Fox's numbers show. Yeah, he's pretty much a guy that should be an all-star. De'Aaron's numbers impact winning at the highest level. You know, Foxy's, I think he's the most clutch player in the game. Yeah, so that translates to winning because we're winning, you know, and it's not like we're blowing people out by 30 every game, you know. We're trying to learn how to win while we're going through this process. So those two things, the overall winning and him being that while putting up great numbers statistically should warrant him getting a, a nod in, in the game. Thank you. Thank you. I think it's well said. I mean, look, DeMarcus Cousins was not on a winning team. No. Mitch Richmond wasn't always on a winning team, right? Like, 
Mitch Richmond actually wasn't on a winning team. They made the playoffs, but he was still one of the best players at his position. So I don't always think it has to be, you have to win games to be an all-star. No, sometimes the circumstances are great and you still have a great individual talent. You can't ignore that. But I think when you do have a combination of, you know, winning and numbers, like Brown's saying, it's a no-brainer. This is not like a situation where it's like, oh, the Kings should definitely have two because they're the number three seed, or the Grizzlies should have two because they're number two. It's like, no, these two players are clearly playing great basketball. Both Sabonis and Fox are playing at all NBA levels. And I think if anyone's really denying it, they're just not... They're not paying attention, That's right? It. Sabonis is playing at all NBA level. Did I say Fox is playing at all NBA level? If I if I said that, I didn't mean that. You meant all star level. All star level yeah. with him. Uh, Fox is playing at all. N- <laughs> I'm not making the all star team this no, year. No, I'm no, no, not at this point. There you go. You got it. Thank you. Sabonis is playing at an all NBA level. Uh-huh. Fox has been playing at a high level all year long. I think if you're not aware of that, you're just not paying close enough attention. It's that. It's definitely people not paying close enough attention. And I think it's also because of the narrative that's been around the Kings for so long, right? That people are like, I don't want to watch the Kings on a Tuesday night. Unless, how many people did you hear talking about the Kings after the game against Minnesota on Monday? Was that Monday night? Yeah, it was on Monday night, right? So you had the Kings taking on the T-Wolves. And people were watching. I saw it all over national podcasts the day after. But then you also have people who just hold their grudges. We talked a little bit about this yesterday with Nate Duncan, one of the guys that makes his list, didn't have Sabonis on there. Everyone was confused and kind of going off on him. They're like, your criteria was winning and they're winning, so what's your excuse now? Well, I told you yesterday, too, that I had a little inside scoop that Nate Duncan goes way back with Domas Sabonis tweeting out after he got his first All-Star saying, worst All-Star pick conspiracy. Perfect. Nate Duncan tweeted out, worst All-Star pick ever. And then after that, when Sabonis got his second All-Star, again, he didn't vote for him, he didn't put him on his list, and he talked some smack. So now this third time, is he going to be the ultimate heel and not give Sabonis the love that he deserves if that's the case, there's just drama. Yeah, I, I feel like he doesn't like Sabonis. And there's people that put that narrative out there that have the platform that they have, though, Deuce. And that's why, too, you say some people just don't watch or they're not paying attention. Other people just have their biases toward others. Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. I think, too, you know, Sabonis... Even if you didn't think he was an all-star the previous years. I'm going to even grant that. Let's okay. just say, because he was an injury replacement one sure. of the years. It's not like he was like an automatic. There's zero doubt this year. If you don't have Sabonis on your list to be an all-star, you are the casual of casual. Ooh. You aren't watching the game because he is doing it. On both ends, even defensively, where he gets so much crap, like, he's not a rim protector. The guy has done a great job, more so this year than any other year. I mean, start of the year, I felt like he was getting foul trouble a lot. I don't feel like that's been as much of a factor. He's Mm -mm. doing a great job staying vertical, contesting at the rim. Last couple of games, he's blocking some shots. I think he's been decent in the pick and roll. He moves really well. He communicates nonstop. And then you bring up everything he's done offensively. He's part of the number one offense in the NBA. And even if you like the Kings offense before the season, you probably didn't think they'd be the number one offense 
in the NBA. So with all that said, yeah, he's a lock. Yeah, I, I'm totally with you on that. And I think really when you talk about what he's been able to accomplish defensively, it's something we don't talk about enough after he was knocked down so much for what he wasn't capable of doing defensively over the years. Um, so many people were just saying it's not the big that you need in the middle to get the stops that you want to see. The the There's going to be so many mismatches when it comes up to bigger guys. Oh, wait. Just to be clear, he's not a perfect player. Ah. We love to nitpick players yes. to death. We love to do He can't do this. Oh, wait. So Sabonis can't do literally everything on the floor. I, I'm sorry. Yeah. If, if he was able to block shots and he was able That's to move them. Yeah, he would be one of the best players of all time probably. He, he can't do it. He could still be an all-star, all-NBA level talent. People always say that. It's, it's like, oh, he's a big and he can't block shots. Not a true rim protector. Yeah, no, yeah. because... Protecting the rim does not just have to do with block shots. It has to do with verticality, contesting, um, altering shots. And he does a lot of that this season. Hey, let's get to the poll question. Ooh. On YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140, where we are just 35 thumbs up away from 300. Ooh. We're going to get there today. Let's get to 300. It helps the channel grow. Make sure to subscribe. Today's poll question. Mm-hmm. Will Sabonis... And Fox make the all-star team. Not should they? What do you think? No. Will. Will they make the team? Okay. The options, yes or no, I think only Sabonis gets in. 86% of the people who have voted today say yes, they both make the team. People are pretty confident about it. Ooh, okay. And I know buddy James Ham was saying uh, that he's hearing that there's some confidence that both get in. Dude, if they, if they both get in... I know it would be cheesy to throw a parade or throw a party, but how do we celebrate? Well, according to you, we definitely cannot light the beam. No, no, you no, no. You can't light the beam. Can't light the beam, right, Chris? Not for two all-stars. And no, you don't throw a parade. Are I said you... no parade, no I'm party. glad you referenced no parade as if that was no even stat- a possibility. So how about no, no statue, no parade, no beam, no party? How do you celebrate? I mean, you, they probably do something for them at the arena before the match. How do game. we celebrate? We, us, the people. By talking about it? I don't know. I'm with you, Mo. We Thank you. Like, what is this? What is this, Scrooge? Are you saying us, like us three or Kings I'm, Now fans? I'm saying us two and the rest of the Kings fans. You are not included. I'm sorry. I, how do you think we should celebrate? I mean, you bought a stupid designer jacket. Okay. I thought it was given to you. <laughs> I It was... I'm not going into the details about how I acquired this. Okay, uh, we'll, we'll find out ways to celebrate. If they both make it, because Morgan's really oh trying to plan something big. Not for you. Okay, I'm, I'm not invited. <laughs> All right, it's Deuce and Mo. We're back in 60 seconds on Sacktown Sports. Always live on YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. It's Deuce and Mo on your local sports leader. Sacktown Sports. Oh, yes. Juice Mason, Morgan, Reagan. We are live on Sacktown Sports 1140. If you're driving around your car, we appreciate you listening. Whether it's on 1140 AM or on the HD side, if you got like an electric vehicle, 96.1-2. But we should let you guys know, if you're on the go, you can get us anytime on the free Sacktown Sports app or, of course, on the YouTube page where my favorite people are. YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. Speaking of the YouTube page, I saw earlier when we were talking about me and singing stuff, 
T.R. Reagan, my mom, chimes in and she's like, yeah, Morgan used to be want to be a dog when she grew up. She's like, why are you telling the secrets, man? I used to like dog, lick you... out of a bowl and stuff. And so this is three, right? <laughs> Probably like ten. No. <laughs> How old were you when you? I don't want... know. We'll have to get confirmation, but I do remember her saying that I really wanted to be a dog when I grew up. <laughs> I'm a dog person, <laughs> literally. Hey, hey, mom, I want to be a dog when I grow up. <laughs> And you you literally ate out of a dog bowl. She's I, mean, I remember her telling. She said, "Oh, I was five. She put thanks thanks T R Reagan. But I'm sorry, five years old too old to be saying. No, I'm I'm okay with that. Five's cool. I think I think six is like the the cutoff. Right. Yeah, yeah. I had an imagination. Just because at five you were going around with crotch chops to people at school, and I wanted to be a dog, doesn't mean that no. like everyone has to be like you. No, we just lived, lived a different Sound, life. Sounded like Deuce also wanted to be a dog. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I felt like I was like a, a stray dog when I was a kid. Here we go. Like, hey, where's 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 my family at? I was rough? I was a dog. Someone adopt me with the bowl, with the food bowl, I with think, the water bowl. I head. do think five years old too old to be like. I want to be a dog when I grow up. I'd be like, hey, kid, time to grow up. You're not going to be a dog. You should know who you are at this point. Or it's called using your imagination and allowing your brain to explore so then you can really figure out at age six that you're not going to be a dog when you grow up. What kind of dog would you want to be, though? Now, a Shiba Inu, for sure. Smart, perfect, beautiful. Love Shiba Inus. Smart, perfect, beautiful. The complete opposite of what I am now. Gabriella says, you're not alone. In preschool, my daughter was really into uh, Sean the Sheep, and she... Wanted to be a sheep when she grew up. Very cool. Is she a sheep now? A lot of people are these days. And a- Adrian says, uh, Davion is a dog. Yeah, we got to talk about uh, more about uh, the Kings win last night, but also the NBA trade deadline, Morgan, literally one week away. Oh, my God. One week away, we'll be doing our NBA huge, giant trade deadline special kicking off at 11 a.m., and we will be going over all the deals as they happen. Mm. We're going to have fireworks, ex- literal fireworks in studio. Love it. Explosions. Good. Contained. Okay. Contained explosions. Okay. But it's going to be an event that you do not want to miss on NBA Trade Deadline Day. But there's been so much talk about NBA Trade Deadline. I found this fascinating. Shout out to my guy, Sean, who was in our Discord talking about something Bob Myers was saying. It's always good to get perspective from... GMs around the league. Yeah. Bob Myers was on a station in San Francisco, 95.7 The Game, and he was asked about the trade deadline and how weird things are around the NBA because of all the parody. This is probably more of what the NBA is, and you're seeing the parody. Yeah. That's what's complicating this deadline, and every team, not every team, many teams are doing what we're doing and saying, well, how good are we or not? I've talked to a lot of GMs. And I asked the question, what are you guys trying to do? Like, I don't even know I don't even know what to do because I think we're good enough, but we're five hundred. But there's six teams that are basically five hundred. I don't know, is there seven in the West that are roughly between two two ahead or two behind five hundred? And we lose three in a row, we'll be the twelve seat in in, in in a week. So that's unique. That's unique, and he also mentions like because of that, there you just have so many buyers out there. Yeah, it's different, Matt, because there's 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 less there's less sellers, I should say. The, I, I think the league thought more teams, whether they were trying for a certain player in the draft, would be clearly out on the playoffs at this time. That is not the case, and you can pick the teams that you thought 
you two can talk who you thought is much better than, than they playing much better than you thought they would. So that means there's a lot of teams saying, we might be able to make the play in. Um, let's just go for it. Or, you know what? I don't. Let's let's see if we can and, and keep it. As, we, there's not a lot of teams that are making the decision that this season is lost. And so you've got a lot of teams that might be saying to each other, we want to get better. But but if 12 of the 15 teams in your conference or 22 of the 30 in the league are all wanting to get better, it doesn't make for a lot of trading partners. Because usually in a trade, a team is saying, we are willingly giving you a player that will make you better and we'll take back draft compensation or a younger player that we know won't make us better now but might make us better later. Right. There's a lot of teams now that are trying to push forward as far as winning, and it's unbalanced. That is crazy to hear from a very candid response from an NBA general manager, Bob Myers of the Golden State Warriors, talking about the approach at the trade deadline. It's what we've kind of talked about. It's like, dude, you have so many teams in the mix. And I know so many people want to see trades because we're all obsessed with rumors. We love trade rumors. Love. We love big deals. My God. And it's fun to talk about. It's fun to dream about. Like, oh, could the Kings pull off this? How do they tinker with this? The reality of the situation is the league is in a weird spot. And these other teams who are selling, the few teams who are like, oh, you want Plumlee? Okay. You you want two first-round picks. Pay up. You want Caruso? Uh, okay, Wiseman in a pick. You know, like, it's the asking prices out there are pretty dramatic. It was like, it's kind of like buying a home in Sacramento, like, I don't know, a year and a half ago. Yes. Where it's just like, oh, good luck. Everything's expensive. Here's a 700 square foot studio, $720,000. And you're like, I'm glad things have gotten a lot better. Yeah. So much better. It's gotten so much better, as you know, lately. I mean, it. They, they dropped like that dropped to like six ninety five. It's it's totally different now. Um, so I, I think that is definitely something that we have to be realistic about going into the trade deadline. That's what even more so when I look at the King situation. It's like, hey, like if you don't make a deal, it's all right. Like don't go crazy and overpay for something that's not gonna give you exactly what you need and fix all of your issues. Don't mortgage things that it doesn't make sense to mortgage, especially when you do have an open roster spot where maybe you can look to fill that too on the buyout buyout market. Maybe there's a player that gets bought out that you're able to get because that player looks at what the Kings are doing going, they're winning. Mm -hmm. The vibes at the arena arena are awesome. Sabonis and Fox are all-stars. And this is a fun offense to be in. We've had six players score 30 or more this year. It looks like great vibes. You got the fog machines. You got lasers. You got the beam. Hell, let me talk to these potential buyout candidates because I will sell them on Sacramento. I think that's where you can maybe make a move there. Who are those candidates? At this point, we don't know. He loves drama. (laughs) I do. There's so much drama involved in what you're saying, and I know you're going to stop me right now because we should get to this before and continue this conversation after this break. We are, but we also have to acknowledge this. The chat, my guy Cash let me know. Or was it Cash or somebody else? No. It was Mace. Mace let us know that we have hit 300 thumbs up! fire this week keep hitting the thumbs up because i think there's a chance today there is a chance i don't think we can do it but there is a slight chance like the kings getting the number one seed that 
we can hit 400 thumbs up. YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. It helps the channel grow. Find your inner Ellen. Yes. Coming up next, what Sam Amick had to say about the Kings and Matisse Thibault. We'll do that. Plus, Brendan Nunes joins us live to talk Kings at 1 p.m. on Sacktown Sports. On Sacktown Sports. Fox on the left wing now. Takes the dribble to the baseline, draws the foul, knocks down the shot, nodding his head in approval. So there he is, Darren Fox with a three-point opportunity, and he's got himself a 30-point game. He and Sabonis have combined for 64 points. Wow. After the free throw is made, that means they combined for 65 points last night. And they were efficient. Sabonis, 15 of 20, a season-high 34 points. Fox with 31 on 13 of 23 shooting. Both guys with double-doubles at 30 and 10. That's crazy because it's the only time in the Sacramento era that two teammates have had 30-plus points and a 30-10, like double-double, yeah. in Kings history wow. in the same game. So that's pretty, wow. pretty insane stuff that both guys were able to do that in the same game. It just shows you... How talented these guys are. Of course, Bonus did it with the rebounds. Fox did it with the assists last night. Um, Morgan, we've been talking about the NBA trade deadline. There's rumors galore. So many people wondering, okay, what are the Kings going to do? The only real like rumor we keep hearing is that Matisse Thibel. Yeah. Well, uh, today on with Dave and Jason, Sam Amick, he's on each and every week with them. And uh, he was asked about what he's hearing involving the Sacramento Kings and rumors. As far as what I'm hearing, it's funny. I don't question the reporting on the title stuff at all, but Nebel hasn't necessarily gotten to his camp um, as far as the Kings being a real hot possibility at the moment. That was kind of, kind of, you know, pushed back on for me. Uh, so I'm curious to see if that develops at all. I think it, it certainly makes sense. You know, he's an interesting one because he's elite defensively, but then a liability offensively, the anti-Jokic, if you will. Um, and, you know, they need guys who can defend. They need, Davion Mitchell, but bigger, you know, and I know that's easy to, you know, you can't just kind of pluck those guys out of nowhere and they have limited assets to, to work with because I don't think anybody's going to take on Rashawn Holmes and his $25 million. And Terrence Davis has had a few moments here and there where maybe a team is, you know, you can find a guy that we're not thinking of that can help you. Um, so uh, just defensively continue to have that be the X factor in their wins. I forget the exact numbers, but the defensive rating is far better in their wins than it is in their losses. And that's one thing we've seen all season long. There's Sam Amick talking about, yeah, the Thibault stuff. I don't know how much there is to that at this point in time. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing about this time of year with trade rumors. It's like, what do you believe? Um, like not what, much. Let me ask you this about Thibault. Sure. What does it mean that the Kings are monitoring? <clears throat> what does it? It means there's interest. Yeah, I, I think, but they're monitoring it. Like, yeah, like well, who, are they? Does that mean they're just staying in touch about the, like, hey, if Thibault's available, we'll be ready to potentially talk. Who decides the verbiage? Yeah, that's what I want to know. It gets wild sometimes. Um, Mark Stein and our buddy Chris Haynes they just launched a new podcast and they had some stuff about the Toronto Raptors that could impact the Kings in a big, big way. 
Uh, according to Chris Haynes, the Raptors are receiving a lot of interest in OG Ananobi. I feel like that situation's weird, right? Like, he's missing games the last... He's missing this whole road trip. Nick Nurse like, I don't know. I was surprised by he's, the fact that he's missing that much time. Anyway, the Knicks have reportedly offered three first-round picks for Ananobi. But the Memphis Grizzlies and the New Orleans Pelicans are also interested in OG. Uh, according to them, there is an increasing belief that Ananobi is ready to move on from Toronto, and the Raptors are considered the key team to watch a week from the trade deadline. It's unclear what Masai Ujiri's plan is for the underachieving team, but both the Grizzlies and the Pelicans have a host of young players and draft picks they could offer to the Raptors in a trade for Ananobi. Also, both teams reportedly do not want to see the other land the talented two-way forward. So now you got a little arms race between the Pelicans... And the Grizzlies, who do have their picks. They do have some young talent they can move in that. I know the Knicks want OG, and that I feel like the Knicks want everybody. And it's, yeah. they've struggled landing some of these key guys. They did get Brunson, and he's probably going to be an all-star. Give them credit. But, man, if the Pelicans and Grizzlies are in on that, that would shake some stuff up in the West. And doesn't it seem like, out of all teams, when it comes to the Grizzlies and the Pelicans and OG, that... It could make sense, not only from a roster standpoint, but they would actually have some of the younger pieces or some of the picks to give up to the Raptors. When you look at the Kings, obviously we all here in Sacramento are like, yeah, just make it happen. Just trade so-and-so, so-and-so, so-and-so. Sam Amick, like he said on the morning show. Rashawn Holmes doesn't seem like there's a lot of interest there. You know, a lot of people just want to package him in whatever trade deal there is, and it's just not a serious thing to talk about. So with the Grizzlies, with the Pelicans, it looks like it's something that they could do without breaking down that's their exactly entire it. team. That's that's exactly it. And so that's that's the benefit of having, hey, a surplus of young talent. You draft well. Even if you're in the teens, you draft well because maybe down the road you could package some of these young guys and go after some like a, a OG Ananobi. I think the one thing about OG, he's a media darling. The media loves, loves. OG. When OG's right, he looks pretty good out there. Yeah, he does. I think in some cases he can be a little overrated by the media. Okay. Because I think part of it is he just hasn't been able to stay on the floor. But as a two-way threat, he can do some really nice things, right? He's long. All of a sudden, you add him. It's not like OG has to go somewhere and be the guy. And so if you add OG to Memphis or New Orleans, Mm. That changes things big time. Now, the one thing I would say about the Pelican side of things is, all right, you're adding another injury play guy to Zion, who's injured a lot, to Ingram. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you're gambling. Yeah. CJ's, I mean, you're gambling a little bit there. But if if those guys are healthy and you've got Ingram, you still have Herb Jones, you've got CJ McCollum, Mm -hmm. Zion, that's scary. And then the Grizzlies with OG. Dude, both those teams, when you add OG, it does. After saying, you know, the media seems to give him a lot of credit, I understand the credit, especially when healthy. Whenever we add that in, when healthy. Six, seven, small forward. You look at that small forward position. Plays great defense. He just, he plays fantastic defense. I feel, you talk about him being a two-way guy, um, being able to really excel on both ends of the floor. That position, there's a there's not a lot of of strong players yeah. at that position. And that's why even when it comes to Harrison 
Barnes, I almost said Harrison Ford for some reason. When it comes to <laughs> when it comes to Harrison Ford, you, yeah. When it comes to Harrison Barnes, it's you. You really understand and notice his value at that position and why. Why it's not only during the good times there's value to him; it's also during the bad and when he's not even adding on all the stat lines. It's his strength, his size, all the him being a glue guy in the locker room. All those things really come into play. And I, that's a guy that I would love on the Kings. I just don't want to give up what Masai Ujiri would, would probably want. No, like I, the, what's a young talent that he would want from the Kings? Hi, Keegan Murray. I am not trading Keegan Murray. And he I'm would, out. He would want Rain Fox, who isn't even born yes, yet. Yes, yes. Like, yes. That's not okay. Uh, just to be clear, too, OG makes 17.3 this season, 18.6 next, and then has a player option for 19.9. If healthy, that looks like a sweet deal. Yeah. Uh, you can always hit us up, too. 1-800-920-1140-339-1140. In the YouTube chat, too. YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. Really appreciate everyone hitting the thumbs up button. You guys are big time today. Brian says, I'm the lone Kings fan that doesn't want Thibel. I'm not like super excited about Thibel, but I'm like, yeah, if you don't have to give up a lot, I'm fine with adding him to the team. I'm not going to act like the Kings are changing and becoming a championship caliber team with him, but I think he would help them. I thought it was interesting yesterday when we had Anthony Slater Mm -hmm. on, and he talked a lot about how, you know, having the skill to shoot the ball is what you need in the modern day NBA but the only the only pushback or challenge I would have on that, I think what Thibel adds in his role is still at an elite level. And sometimes you got to pick and choose, right? You're not going to find every single player with that skill to shoot the ball in the NBA at a high level. But can a different situation help develop that too? I don't like playing favorites. Okay. But I, Rory, I got to be honest. One of the smarter Kings fans. What'd he do? One of the smarter fans in general. He just has a good takes. He's a funny or, guy. Uh, he says, OG reminds me of Drew to the Bucks a little bit. That big trade because they are willing to overpay for the missing piece for a championship run. Ooh. And if you're Memphis, that's what I'm talking about. Who's the favorite right now in the West? Yeah. I mean, I think you can tell me, hey, the Warriors are coming. The Warriors, they're almost here. I don't, you know what? Honestly, I don't believe it right now to, to, until we see them actually do more. That game last night, losing in Minnesota in overtime. Double digit lead. No go bear. He didn't play in that game. Of course, Cat's been out. That's a tough way to lose. Yeah. I don't know if I consider them legit contenders. It's Denver, it's Memphis. New Orleans, if if healthy, maybe. If healthy. They've got the depth, they've got the wing depth, they, they're long, they play defense. Clippers are what looking you... better and better too. He's I... still not a believer. Okay. Kawhi's playing better. Yeah. Let's let's see it. Prove it. Prove it. Prove that you guys can play like twenty games in a row together. I'm, I'm not that would on be the nice. Clippers. Um, so we'll talk about that. But yeah, make a move to try to separate yourself as long as you're not gonna kill your future. This is the time to do, especially in the West. We'll talk more NBA trade deadline. Fox a bonus. Kings get the win over the Spurs, and Brendan Nunes joins us live at 1 p.m. Right here, it's Juice and Mo on Sacktown Sports. It's Deuce and Mo on your local sports leader. Sacktown Sports. Oh, Keegan's going back to back. Keegan Murray! Actually, here, let me do this. Yeah. Everyone at home participate. Okay. Keegan Murray! Keegan Murray winning back-to-back Rookie of the Months 
It was just announced, and what a month it was for him in January, Morgan Reagan. He stepped up in a big way. You talk about the three-point shooting, 49% from three, and Hmm. he wasn't taking just like two a game, right, Morgan? I'm pulling up the January numbers right now because I want totals. I I want people to really understand what he did in the month of January, and for Keegan Murray, it wasn't just, oh, he played well for the Kings. Keegan Murray in the month of January, 14 points. He did it on 51% shooting from the field. 49.5% from three on six and a half attempts a game. Mm-hmm. Not on two attempts. No, he's taking a few a game. He's your rookie. No, he's taking six and a half. That is incredible, incredible shooting numbers from Keegan Murray in the month of January, and when you look at uh, three-point makes, I'm going to bring up the totals for January, Morgan, in the National Basketball Association. In January, Keegan Murray was red hot from three. He was ninth in makes, 48 for 97 from three. That's incredible efficiency. Dude, you talk about the six threes attempted on average per game. And you watch these games, not only the way that the ball comes off his fingertips, the his form, his the technique, it's beautiful, it's smooth, everything. His shot selection, his confidence in shooting the shot, whether someone's running at him, whether he's wide open, whether the team is playing well offensively and moving the basketball around well, he's ready. And it's been so so encouraging to watch a rookie shoot like this in this month. And for more perspective, he obviously led all rookies in three-pointers made, 48, yeah. which set an NBA record for made threes by a rookie in January. How specific is that? That's I don't care. I'll, I'll be honest. I'll never forget where I was when Keegan Murray accomplished that. Neither will I. Neither will I. That's pretty awesome, though. Um, He also led all rookies in three-point shooting, three-point field goals per game, and games with five-plus threes. He ranked tied for ninth in the NBA in three-pointers made that month and fourth in three-point field goal percentage, minimum three uh, attempts a a game, ten games played. Among rookies in January, Murray finished second in total rebounds, tied for second in double-doubles, Third in total points, fourth in points per game, and fifth in rebounds per game. So, question. Yeah. If you were an athlete and you got named Western Conference Player of the Month yeah. after a game like that last <laughs> night, how does that make you feel? Yeah, you know what's so funny with Keegan, too, is like uh, if you're like the people that your box score watchers. Yeah. And he was 0 for 8. What an awful night. Dude, he just missed some shots last night, man. He had some really good looks, like usual. Just It was one of those nights. They didn't fall. Yeah, it was. It, it's tough to see after you you see him accomplish so much for the month, but at the same time, exciting, exciting things ahead for this rookie and for this King squad. And yeah, this just pushes him more and more in that conversation of rookie of the year. Even if he doesn't get it, put him there because it just makes it more and more exciting for this city and everything we get to accomplish with this team. You think he has a shot if he if he keeps this up, or do you think it's pretty much Bancaro? I think it's pretty much Bancaro. And like I think even it, that's what that's what's wild too. Wasn't what year was it when we had to deal with uh the conversation of injury? Was that La- Lamello? Was that his rookie year? 
when he had the injury, and then he ended up winning Rookie of the Year. I forget who it was, but either way, I remember that being a huge part of it. Like, can they win Rookie of the Year after being injured for half the year? I think Rookie of the Year conversation is just so different when it, um, it's way more different than MVP conversations in all NBA teams. All right, let's check in with our buddy, your buddy. You're actually wearing his face on your chest right now. You're wearing his crew neck, a why not crew neck. Let's welcome back to the show today. He is Coach Nick. What's up? What's up, Duzamo? Hey, man. What's Hi, up, Nick. dude? How are you guys doing today? So after the Kings win today, uh, yesterday against the Spurs, why not beat the Spurs yesterday? And, you know, Lakers play Indiana today. So, you know, Indiana's on the back-to-back, and we play tomorrow. We're in Indiana right now. If we play, we're going to have to win tomorrow. We're going to have to stay strong, play stronger, win your game tomorrow, just win your games on the road. And go ahead, beat the Indiana Pacers, beat the Pelicans, beat the Houston Rockets, and come back home with a good record. Oh, I love it, Nick. I love it. Well, Nick, it's a big day today because – uh, this afternoon, 4 o'clock is when we're expected to get the official announcement of if Fox and Sabonis both make the All-Star team. Are you nervous? Do you think both guys should be on the team? I think they should be on the team, and I will be excited. Aww. Hey, wh- why why not make the team? Why not make the team? Why not go to the All-Star yeah, why not go to All-Star? Nick, I love your breakdown of the Indiana Pacers. Do you think Tyrese Halliburton will make the All-Star team? I We're not sure. Oh, that's true. That's we're not sure. Point. You worried about him coming up on Friday, though? I mean, taking on his former team again? I'm worried about it, you oh. know. And what I'm worried about is I think Indiana should lose to the Lakers because the Lakers are, are going to blow them out. Whoa. The Lakers are going to blow out the Pacers tonight? Do we want that? They should. I don't know, Nick. We don't want that. We don't, we want the La- don't you want the Lakers to lose? I mean, they're, they're our rivals. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, no, rivals. that's a good point. It's a good point. Well, and we don't we don't play the Lakers anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Nick, that's a good point. I appreciate you checking in. Any other thoughts before you leave? Do you have any messages for Kings fans to maybe the players or coaches? I do want to say that tomorrow that let's keep up the good work. Let's keep doing what we're doing and keep winning, keep winning your games. Let's why, go. Why not? Why not? Come back home strong so we can beat Dallas. We have a back-to-back against Dallas. Oh, I can't wait for that uh, game. All right, sleep beams. Sleep beams. Sleep beams. There you go. There's our guy, Nick, checking in. Classic Nick. Yeah, I those games him. next week against Dallas are lining up to be massive. I'm not trying to jump ahead, Morgan, but you're looking at the standings now. The Kings are two games ahead of Dallas right now. You play them back-to-back. In fact, you play them on trade deadline day after the trade deadline. Oh, wow. Oof. That's what... Then you play them the next night, back-to-back games against Dallas. It's going to be tough, but Deuce, you and I were talking about this too. If the Kings were to have a first-round playoff matchup, who would you want it to be? And you said the Dallas Mavericks. Why? I don't think they have anybody on that roster right now who could deal with Sabonis. I don't think they could deal with the Kings' speed and the movement on offense. I think Luca is can get his, We've but seen he can't do his. it alone. And I think that Dallas roster needs help. They really need help. I mean, I don't know what they're going to do. There's even talk they can move Christian Wood because they don't know if they're going to be able to give him a long-term deal. They want to give him a long-term deal. They had an all-star on their team last year besides Luca. Yeah. 
I know he wasn't technically one last year, but you saw his capability and his talent. He's playing for the Knicks now. Everyone talks about you got to get more talent around Luka. They had Jalen Brunson. They could have paid him. They didn't. He ends up leaving to go to the Knicks. That's rough. It is rough. I mean, if you're the Mavs, the organization, you're looking at that and going, why why didn't we make that work? Why didn't we appreciate what we had in Jalen Brunson? And now, now you are with a team that still finds ways to figure it out, but sometimes it takes Luka Doncic scoring 53 points and the rest of the team scoring 56, right? Is that sustainable basketball? Is that the type of product in the postseason that can actually work? Probably not. So, yes, I don't blame you if you were going to get a first-round matchup, why you'd want it to be uh, Luka and the Mavs. Dude, it would be It would be insane. insane. The storylines, one, growing up, I know people hated the Lakers. I hated the Dallas Mavericks because I felt like when they had Nash and Nowitzki back in the day, it was always about them. And sometimes I remember the 2002 series when the Kings played them in the second round. A lot of people picked the Mavericks to beat the Kings. And the Kings oh, cleaned them up. Cleaned. It was pure domination. Steve Nash, he couldn't guard Mike Bibby. <laughs> Kings destroyed them in that series in five games that all right, let's go and that's to the Western Conference Finals. But I would just I just think there's so many storylines, right? The past, but also like the Luka dynamic and where the Kings are at. I know, we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit, yeah, but it's fun to gonna, think of. It's yeah. it's fun that we can have this conversation. It is, it is. that and we're that- fifty games in and this is tracking in a great direction. Realistic, right? Well, could you we're- imagine if it did all fall apart? Yes, I. but I can because it has. I can't. It's not going to. Okay. Not this year, Look man. Look at that energy. Not this year. Love the vibes. Why not? Why, Why Thank not? you. All right, coming up next, our final hour, and we kick it off in a big-time way. We bring in the guy from the Kings beat, from the Kings Pulse podcast, the one and only Brandon Nunes. We're talking trade deadline, all-star game, Kings basketball. That's straight ahead at 1 p.m. on Sacktown Sports. Sacktown Sports. No? I mean, the, the the chest thing. I mean, does this song kind of make you feel like... No, yeah, it makes it just makes me like... It puts me in this chill mode. Like, this is what I want for our, our update. This should be the update music? Yes! Yeah. Say, everybody. Question's going to be answered about Sabonis. You know what's sad is I... song kind of make you feel like no yeah, it, it makes it just makes me like it puts me in this chill mode like this is what i want for our our update this should be the update music yes yeah. say everybody questions gonna be answered about sabonis you know what's sad is i i try to sing it more and just talk oh. right over it no it's it, the moment's over now oh but you, i'm glad you got that in Deuce and Mo on Sacktown sports and they're gonna do some sportsy talks 
Okay. And talk some kings. And talk some kings with our guests. Yeah, we are live. Deuce and Mo, Deuce Mason, Morgan Reagan on Monday through Friday from 11 to 2 p.m. Pacific time. You can always check us out on the YouTube feed where we're live the whole time. May go to break on the radio. We are live at youtube.com slash Town Sports 1140. Appreciate you guys listening on the radio, on the app, YouTube, wherever you are. We appreciate it. But let's stop wasting time. Today could be a big day for the Kings. At 4 p.m., we find out if Fox and Sabonis make the NBA All-Star team. Also, Kings coming off a nice win in San Antonio. Let's welcome to this show for the first time a young, a talented journalist who, of course, you could check out on King's Pulse on the King's Beat podcast with James Ham and Sean Cunningham. He's the one, the only, Brendan Nunes! How you doing, Brendan? Hi. Good. Thanks for having. Um, good. Uh, good. Good. Thanks oh for gosh. having me on. How crazy would that be if that Glad was your voice? Joining you guys. Yeah. Oh, that was the best bit ever. We would have been like, please leave right away, sir. Yeah. Um. No. Seriously. Thanks so much for joining us. And I saw you also snapping your fingers while Deuce was singing his song. What did you think? I thought it was great. I yeah. mean, I think we need a full remix. Yeah. Um. I, I have to start with this though. Yeah. I am shocked that Morgan was willing to admit that she used to lick out of a dog bowl. <laughs> and and then she followed it up with and other stuff. So if she's willing to yeah. share that, I want to I'm maybe I don't want to know what the other stuff is, but Brennan, that's a great point that I feel like we kind of like moved on from fast that Morgan at the age of 5 was like used to tell her mom she wanted to be a dog and it's like, "Oh, that's cute. Like, oh, pretend to be a dog." But I, I don't know was she I didn't tell her. I barked at her to tell her oh, I wanted God. to be a dog. And she was eating out a dog bowl. Her mo- <laughs> Believe it or not, her mom used to have to walk around with a doggy bag to cl- clean up her poopa in oh, the backyard. It was okay. That's, that's... that's cra- I know it's crazy, but that's what happened. We'll it, have to ask It got her. weird. It got yeah. weird. Yeah. Um, In Brendan... relation to Davion Mitchell? Or... Yeah. Dog. <laughs> well, Brendan, um, I guess we'll start with uh, this. We find out at 4 p.m. if Fox and Sabonis get in. I feel like they both should get in. Of course, we're in Sacramento, so we're close to it. Um, so the question, I guess, do you, do you think they should get in? And then do you think they will get in today? I think Sabonis, no question. Sabonis should have been a starter. It's kind of BS to me that he was not. Um, but, you know, it's just playing time, I guess, when it comes to Zion. Um, Sabonis, no question. De'Aaron, it's tough. I think he does get in. I wouldn't be shocked either way, though. You know, like, I I think that it's so subjective how people are going to deal with playing time here. Like, Anthony Davis, due back any day. I think I've heard some people, I think that you guys were talking about, Nate Duncan has pitched the idea of, like, it could look really weird at the end of the year if a guy didn't make it because of playing time when at the end of the year he still played a lot of games, but he was just unavailable at the time of selection. But 80s missed a lot of games, you know? I think that... um, Paul George could fall into that Desmond Bain, Jaron Jackson. Like, I I think it's just so subjective that I don't have all too much. I don't feel like I could sit here and say De'Aaron will 100% be in. He would be on my ballot. um, But it's just so weird with the differences and availability and how different voters are going to view that. I I think that's so interesting too, about like the, the whole perspective of, yeah, but at the end of the year, if AD plays 65 games or it's like, yeah, but, this is based on what we've seen at the start of the season. It's yeah. a mid-season yes. event that the league puts on to acknowledge the All-Stars. So 
I, I think those players, if they continue, let's say AD ends up playing every single game from here on out, and you look at it and it goes, oh, he well, he had a big impact. He was huge. He'll be on the All-NBA team. You could sure. still acknowledge it this way. I guess I view it like, hey, I need you to play games, and especially when we're at a point where it's like we're deciding between players who are close in production this year. I'm going with the guys that are winning and playing the most games over the ones that are playing 29 games, even if they're really talented players. Absolutely. And that's why, Brendan, I'm curious, too, because Deuce and I have kind of talked all day about um, what matters to us, our criteria, sort of, I guess. Um, what, What about for you? What would be your criteria or is it just really the impact that a player makes on a team does some of their past resume kind of drizzle into your mind when you're thinking about what makes just like drizzle just like does it drizzle from the top um about what makes an all-star i mean i think a bit it shouldn't matter it shouldn't factor in but for somebody like dame when he has his slow nights it's easier to say like oh well that's dame he's gonna be fine right um, and, and Dame's been phenomenal. His last 10 games, I think he's averaging something like 38. He, he's been ridiculous as of late. And I know votes went in prior to a couple of those games. Um, but, I mean, I think that team success does matter a lot. And I think that's what you're seeing with the Kings. I guess you could make that same argument for like an Aaron Gordon. But to me, like the drop from Jokic to Gordon is so... Aaron Gordon's success this year and better numbers this year to me is more of an all-star or a better MVP case for Jokic than an all-star case for Aaron Gordon. Um, But I I think that playing time does matter a lot and availability does matter a lot. I have a little bit of an issue with all-stars for an entire season being selected in the middle of a year, but I guess that's reality and and kind of is what it is and how this has always gone. But I, I think the two backup um backcourt guys to me that stand out are SGA and John Morant I thought those were pretty easy to me front court Sabonis easily Lori easily Lori Markinen easily after that it's like okay you're probably gonna have to pick somebody that's dealt with some injuries and I end up going with Paul George over AD just because I Paul George played I think it's nine more games right now and uh, he played well during that time even though AD was MVP caliber for a little while outside of it and then after that um I, I went with Fox and Lillard guys that have played a lot. And I know that uh, the trailblazers are struggling, you would say in the standings, even though, you know, they're a game and a half from being fifth, really everything's so close in the Western conference. So I think that playing time does really matter a lot um, or just, just general availability. And then from there, it's, it's what are your numbers doing to help contribute to winning basketball? You know, the guy that I'm wondering had, and it would be pretty surprising still, Okay. Right, but he averaged 27 points a game in January, the highest he's ever had in a month in his career. Wow. Clay Thompson. Oh. And I know, like, it seems weird that the Warriors would have two All Stars, but I just, I'm not making the case he should be one. It's more so like, do you, the coaches look at that and go, man, Clay's, he's been playing a pretty high level basketball and he's played in 40 plus games. It's the Warriors. I don't know. Maybe that's a stretch of him kind of as a wild card guy. I'm just trying to figure out how Fox doesn't make it because the the rest of the candidates to me are like Booker, kind of like the guys you mentioned, like Booker, AD, Kawhi, all legitimate talents, all when healthy, all NBA caliber yes. players, some of the best in the game. I love Devin Booker. He's played 29 games. So like I give the edge to the guys who have played more. Like I, I leave those guys off and I, I know that's tough. 
I'm wondering, too, if maybe the coaches go, hey, we'll vote Booker in. Maybe we vote Kawhi because those guys won't play. So we still name them and acknowledge that they are all-stars, knowing in the back of our head, like, they're going to be replaced and someone like Fox or maybe Anthony Edwards get in the game. I think something interesting Chris Watkins brought up on uh, the Return of the Roar pod I did with them this morning is, like, could coaches look and be like, well, do we want to put two Kings in here? Like, is it fair that we're putting two Kings in, but we're not putting two Grizzlies or, yeah. or two Nuggets? Like, I, I think that Bain and Jaron Jackson have really good arguments, both yeah. guys that have come back. Um, I, I'm not loving the Aaron Gordon argument personally, like I said, but I mean, the Kings are right there at three. And I think there's a pretty significant drop off from those two top guys to the rest. They have a lot of good complimentary complimentary players but it's no question that those are like the clear top two on this team do you think that we care too much in sacramento about all-stars or do you think it's fair that this is important to us we've experienced so many depressing losing times that these things can help re-energize not only a city but an entire organization i think it's fine to care like i, I think that it should I'd like to get a feel for how much the players care. It seems like De'Aaron tries to like downplay it, but I'd imagine like I asked Domas to reflect back a while ago on like his first all-star game and how much that meant to him. And he talked about like, that's just something everybody dreams about being there, being an all-star and getting that whole all-star weekend experience. Um, and I know De'Aaron's got a kid on the way, maybe has better things to worry about. Um, but I'd, I'd imagine that whole experience is amazing for him. And I think just for, the city to and local fan base to start to see the national fan base appreciate them more would be big. And I, I think all-star selections do that so much. Yeah, I do wonder. I mean, if Rasay is expecting to give birth yeah. very soon, Fox may not even play in the game. That's fine. Just yeah. name him uh, yeah. an all-star. Exactly. It's kind of crazy to think about. It's like, hey, you make your first all-star game, but you got a kid instead. Can't play. I'm sure he takes kid over all-star, duh. But it's so cool that he has a chance to have that acknowledgement, and we'll find out later today. Um, I really, really want to ask Brendan about the trade deadline. Because, Brendan, I know you put out there at some point, you were asking fans, getting a pulse on them, and um, how they would feel. I like what you did there, a a pulse. pulse. King's King's pulse. pulse. Yeah, yeah, no, that's good. good. Good Um, Thank you. You're trying to get a pulse and maybe, I don't know, what? I was trying to do a Kings beat thing. I didn't have it. That's a turnover. That's a turnover. Yeah, my like, bad. No, my bad. My bad. I apologize. Thank you. Go ahead. So speaking of that pulse of the Kings fans and if they would be upset if there would not be a trade, if there wasn't a trade made by the trade deadline, how do you feel about the trade deadline coming up and if the Kings didn't make a move? Firstly, fans were not happy. I know <laughs> Twitter's the vocal minority. Um, but I, I think for a fan base, it's entertaining for there to be changes, for it to feel like there is an effort. I think if they don't make a move, it speaks to their confidence in this team right now, and that says something. Um, I would feel okay because I think that this year so far, barring some you know, horrible end to this season, is already a success. Like the most important thing about this year right now is getting postseason experience. It's something Coach Brown's talking about all the time. This team lacks that postseason experience. And even a lot of the guys that have it didn't get that far in the postseason. So I think this year is already a success. Um, but you have some assets that you would lose if you didn't do anything with potentially, like Terrence Davis expiring. He could be gone. 
um, Alex Len expiring. And, you know, you could use that for matching salary. Um, Trey Lyles expiring. I would love for Trey Lyles to be back next year. And then the thing that stands out to me is they have two TPEs as well. Um, they have one that's just over $4 million that they actually got from the Tyrese trade and another from the Marvin Bagley trade uh, that's about 1.6. But you could take one of your nine second rounders that you have available or a couple of those and absorb somebody into that $4 million TPE. And that's costing you nothing. You have an open roster spot right now once Deontay Burton's 10 days 10 day contract comes up. Um, and I don't know that that's somebody that in my mind, I'm thinking they view as a long-term piece. So, you know, you could, you could go and try something for very little cost. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Just fold it right into the trade exemption. That's, I think that's why they're leaving that roster spot open. I saw some people going, how do you just, you didn't really see PJ Dozier. How do you know, like, like if he could have helped the team or not, he's got upside. It's like, yeah, but you cannot guarantee him for the rest of the year. You need to maintain that flexibility for that open roster spot. Whether it's on the buyout marker, you just suggesting like they could just take on a piece in a trade by using the exemption or second round picks. Are there names out there that you're interested in at this point? Like, do you have a, a list of players that you would like to see the Kings target realistically at the deadline? Yeah, there's a couple that I've kind of looked through. Um, I guess outside of the trade exception, real quick. I'm falling very much for Josh Richardson. Um, I, I think just getting a player that can play on both ends of the floor and be a consistent in your rotation would be great. Like while Thibel and Baisley are interesting to me, I think there's times where they're going to be unplayable on one end of the floor and just getting another guy that, you know, can play 15, 20 minutes a night would be huge. So I love Josh Richardson for that reason. Um, that's somebody that Sean Cunningham floated out as uh, something that he's been hearing a little bit. Hmm. Um, and you, he had a little audition last night. I looked pretty good last hmm. night. He looked all right. I, and I like, he plays with an edge too. He's not afraid to do some talk and has a little toughness. He's been around. He's been in multiple spots. You know, that started in Miami, went to Philly. He's bounced around a little bit, but he's a vet. I like him. Yeah. And then when it comes to that $4 million TPE, um, some of the names that I went through, and I'm sure there's more than this, but like, Derek Jones Jr., somebody we knew they were interested in before. He does have a right to veto any trade if he saw fit, and then a $3.4 million play option going into next year. Um, Andre Drummond, if that does anything for anybody for backup center, player option next year. Uh, Nas Reed, I'm sure he would cost a lot yeah. with him playing well recently. Um, Kenyon Martin Jr. There's Jordan Awara. Keita Bates-Diop saw a little bit of uh, last night. Sergi Baca, like I don't hate the I I don't know if Sergi Baca can still produce on an NBA floor. I don't think he can. We're gonna talk about this in like okay. one minute though. We gotta take a quick break on the radio side. We're always live on youtube.com slash Sacktown Sports eleven forty. More with Brendan Nunes coming up. And Mo. Deuce and Mo. Sacktown Sports. Oh, yes. Deuce Mason, Morgan Reagan. This is Sacktown Sports. We got to celebrate something real fast. Oh, yeah. That Brendan's on? Brendan's on for sure. And I think this probably led to this moment. Probably. For the second time this week. Mm hmm. We on the YouTube page, because of all you, this community that we are building at youtube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140, have reached 400 thumbs up. Five, four, 
Seriously, thank you so much. We won't be doing this all the time because, you know, at some point it's just going to be normal. Woo. We're going to start be doing, hey, got to lift it to 500, and that's when the real celebration oh. kicks in. But as we continue to grow this thing, we appreciate you guys being a part of the journey with us as we are live Monday through Friday from 11 to 2 p.m. Pacific time. Hanging out with Brendan Nunez. Of course, you can check out his work, King's Pulse Podcast, King's Beat Podcast. Uh, Brendan, how did you feel about what you just witnessed? <laughs> Hi. Your guys' energy is phenomenal. Oh, I don't know you. how you, you do it. Um, Coffee. Yeah, I feel bad for not matching it in my room, but, you know, it was – you guys are amazing. Your presence um, helped bring that 400, so thank you. Um, let's continue that conversation. Yeah, though. before the break, you were mentioning some potential names out there in the trade market. You brought up Serge Ibaka's name. My thing with Serge is just I, – I just don't think he's that guy anymore that can really give you the minutes, and I think part of that is just because – the health. I mean, he had back surgery, but maybe I'm wrong. He's not really playing in Milwaukee. They sent him home like, hey, you can. We're, we'll try to find something for you. I don't know how much he can really give. And Morgan. during the break, too, Brendan was kind of discuss talking about how Mike Brown has talked about having those guys with postseason experience, veteran experience, right? How important and valuable that is to this team. But I also believe, like we're saying, those spot minutes, like being able to play that guy is really important, too. So I don't know where the Kings are trying to go without trying to break things apart. I feel like it's going to be an interesting trade deadline, but I feel like it could be a dud of a trade deadline really? in Sacramento. Oh, in Sac- Yeah, but isn't it really a dud if they don't make a move? If it's really like we had those clips earlier, Brendan, I don't know if you saw Bob Myers was on doing a radio interview in San Francisco. And he's like, I've talked to other GMs. It's weird because all of us are trying to figure out if our teams are good. You've got all these teams, like 22 of the 30 teams are like kind of in the mix of things. It's just really difficult to make moves right now. Yeah, I mean, you need sellers, right? You have plenty of buyers, but who are the sellers supposed to be? And maybe some teams will flip as we get closer here. I I think there's some swing teams that stand out. Uh, Toronto probably being the main one that gets talked about. Um, but that's that's definitely where this gets tough and why I think it's probably just fringe moves for the Kings. And also you don't want to oh, – you have to offer something to get something, obviously, and I don't think that the Kings want to include Harrison Barnes in a deal. I don't think they want to include Keegan Murray in a deal. No. <laughs> also say I don't think they wanted to include, Ty- include Tyrese Halliburton in a deal last year, so you that's never true. know. That's true. But- that was pretty shocking. I had a story. I don't know if I mentioned this here or somewhere what? else because we're on so much. So – I maybe I mentioned it here. What Taro from Makuni? I think you mentioned okay, it here. My bad. Well, we might as well uh, tell, tell Brent. Yeah. So there, there was a game like right before the trade deadline last year, and Taro was asking me before a game. He goes, "Hey, what what jersey do you think I should buy? Like if I were to buy a Kings jersey, I'm like, oh, definitely buy Tyrese Halliburton. Like he's gonna be here a while. And he went up and bought a Tyrese Halliburton like authentic jersey, and literally like a week later, Tyrese was traded. I still feel bad about yeah, that. Yeah, and you should. Not on you. Yeah. yeah. And that's well, and that's the thing though, Brandon. You don't think you I obviously you don't think there's gonna be any of those changes like that made for the Sacramento Kings. And if it's a dud, are you happy that it's a dud at the trade deadline for the Kings? 
I mean, I'd like them to do something. I, I think specifically like that $4 million TPE, I think expires actually on the 7th. Mm. So it's okay. not even quite the 9th, um, which would be the anniversary of when the uh, Tyrese and Sabonis swap Ooh. took place um, coming up here on Tuesday. So we'll see there, but that's something that would just disappear. Obviously, like they haven't seemed to value second round picks that much in the past. Um, and they got nine to work with, five of their own. And four futures, including one right now that I think is sitting at um, last I check was high 30s because mm-hmm. it's Indiana's second round pick. Um, so it's decent value for a second rounder sitting at 39. Um, so I, I'd like them to do something, but there's only so much you can work with. You know, as much as like Rashawn Holmes, my dream is Rashawn Holmes for Gary Trent Jr. in some way, a team that's like Rashawn. Yeah. It's just not like I don't that's know why realistic. any team would want to yeah. do it. You know, one name you did bring up was Andre Drummond. I've not really wa- I'll be honest, I've not seen a lot of Andre Drummond. He's not playing a lot of minutes in Chicago this year. <laughs> I, I mean, is what, that what could he, he provide? Could he provide anything? <laughs> I know, I, I know. Offensively, it's a challenge. I we've seen enough Andre Drummond over mm-hmm. the year. It's also weird his career trajectory. Like all star big, and then it's just, like fast. Really like fast. An- another guy kind of reminds me of Roy Hibbert back in the day. Oh yeah. Roy Hibbert making all-star teams in Indiana, then like out of the league really fast. Uh, but Andre Drummond kind of hanging on. I, I, you know, he was in Philly last year. They moved him to the nets at the trade deadline. That Simmons Harden trade. Uh, yeah. What, what do you think? I know you mentioned Drummond. Uh, what, what do you think about his fit? Um, I don't yeah. love it. Necessarily. I don't either. It's more so just like figuring out like what can you do with this TPE that like wouldn't cost you much. So like what does it really hurt to try, I guess, is kind of my perspective with that. The one thing with Drummond is that he does have money going into next year. It's a $3.4 million player option. Not much. But yeah. There's something. <laughs> That's oh, tough. Uh, I know it's not that much money, but it still scares me it's, a little bit. Yeah, the, that type of money scares me. What about the buyout market? Let's say we mm. get there with the Kings. Is there? Does that intrigue you at all? Definitely. And I think it's weird or it makes sense now, but weird just from the context of the Kings of years past that we get to talk about them potentially being an attractive buyout uh, place for people. I don't have names off the top of my head. I'm focused on a trade deadline as of right now. Um, But I I think that that's absolutely something that the, the Kings can, could end up looking at, you know, there's a chance like there's one open roster spot right now, but two for one deal or some uneven number, you have another one that opens up like, I, and I think maybe there's could be guys at the end of this roster that if you found somebody else better in the buyout that maybe you feel like a swap is is for the best. One name that someone in our chat brought up, Charlie, you brought up Tory Craig. And I don't know what the Suns are feeling right now. And maybe it's a situation with them that's like, hey, we're getting Booker back. If we're going to be good, we need guys like Torrey Craig on our roster to make a little bit of a push. I don't know how honest they are being about their situation if they they feel like they still have a chance. I'm guessing they still want to maximize the time that they have with Paul Booker and all that. Uh, Torrey Craig's an interesting name. He started a lot of games for them, but he's also not making a ton of money. A veteran guy. He's been on multiple teams. That's not a bad idea. If you can get Torrey Craig, you go get Torrey Craig. Like... (laughs) I what stands out to me is there was some podcast Paul George was on and he got asked who defends him the best mm. and the first name he brought up was Tory Craig which came out wow. of nowhere yeah like Tory Craig's a good defender but that's the last person I would have expect, expected Paul George to have brought up um, he's exactly the type of guy that I think Sacramento needs you know a guy that 
can, can give you consistent minutes on both ends of the floor, be a good defender, but not a liability on offense. All right, we're going to come back with Brendan. If you're, you're cool with hanging out for a bit. All good. We'll bring you back yes. on the other side. We're going to stay live on YouTube. Appreciate everyone watching. It's Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports. The, the hard rock update music. He is slow. the best. Although I think when that song, that that music's on, you gotta slow it down a little bit. His you know? was perfect. Was you are you are perfection. It's Deuce Mason. It's Morgan Reagan. Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports coming up at 2 p.m. Cattles and Rami. They will be live for the big announcements. Ooh. Fox and Sabonis. Do they both get in? We're hanging out now with Brendan Nunes from Kings Pulse and the Kings Beat Podcast. Does great work. He's at every like, Kings practice, every Kings game. He's all about being around the team. The guy, he's a grinder. He he grinds, he's, man. He's a dog. Is he a dog? Um, Brendan, would you say you're a dog? Uh, I don't think as much as you two are, specifically you, Mo. Don't uh, think so. Yeah, I'm just yeah, trying yeah. to keep up with you two. Oh, yeah. Well, we appreciate you hanging out with us. We even talked about last night's game. Kings go to San Antonio, get a win against a bad Spurs team. Um, I'm curious, what what jumped out to you about last night's win for the Kings? Probably the perimeter defense of of some of the guards. De'Aaron um, Fox's defense. Malik what? Monk's Absolutely. defense. De'Aaron Fox's defense. Can we give it some more? Why are more people talking about De'Aaron Fox's improvement <laughs> defensively, Brendan? He got robbed of that second defensive player of the game chain in a row. I'm not going to lie. I love them. I love them giving it to Malik and rewarding a lot of improvement. When, when Chris played his whole weekend beat, it just makes me think of Malik's XO tattoo that he's got going on. Okay. Um, but d- I think I like that it's getting rewarded. Malik was better on defense, but De'Aaron, like Malachi Branham probably could not sleep last night. <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be having nightmares. Like he could not guard De'Aaron on one end. And on the other, De'Aaron is setting the tone defensively at the point of the attack. And this is the second game in a row we're seeing it. You know, I, I think that, that first game against Minnesota, the defense was tough. He he, kind of D'Angelo um, Russell was a little bit doing whatever he wanted. But that second game, yep. he came out and made sure to be physical with him. And when De'Aaron is locked in, he has no issue with physicality, very willing to do it. He's got length. He's got quickness. He can get around screens when he's locked in doing it. I thought that he was phenomenal these last two games defensively. It's so cool when you see this team locked in defensively, but when you see them locked in defensively along the perimeter, that's where everything gets going, just like you're saying with De'Aaron Fox deflections, Harrison Barnes deflections, steals. We're seeing Malik Monk had three last night as well, and I think – that's a huge thing to look at, which is surprising because then there's so many times last night that we're still talking about the bad defense by the Sacramento Kings because it was a Spurs team that was finding ways to score on them. And I think that's something that we still need to see improve as we go forward. But at the same time, you're seeing them respond a lot more to their mistakes, I feel like, in some of these games, making those in-game adjustments to pull out those Ws. I I do think that's so true. And I think part of this, too, you're taking on a a new team, right? There's a lot of new pieces on this team. And not all of these pieces have been, like, defensive-minded guys throughout their career. You're asking them to do different things. You're asking them to learn each other quick, build that trust, communicate – 
And I think you're seeing, as the season goes on, look, they're still not going to be a perfect defensive team. Like, they need better pieces, too. But I think as the season goes on, I think we're starting to see more and more stretches of consistent team defense. And I think that does start with De'Aaron Fox. And I guess that's my next question is, how do they get that consistency mm. from like someone like Fox, where it seems like he's having more and more good moments? How, what's it take to have him be consistent on that end? Yeah, I mean, that's a tough question. That's always been the thing with De'Aaron, right? And I, I will say somebody in the chat, Victor in the chat, pointed out Malachi Branham had a career high. Um, it, I, a lot of it was in that second half when yeah. he's getting De'Aaron switched off of him with how much the Kings switch. Um, I, I think that it's you're never going to be able to consistently do it in an entire game, I don't think, without like having specific defensive talent. But if you can get 15 minutes of good defense when you're one of the best offenses in the league, you can run away with a game in one quarter if you lock up. And I think we've seen that more so throughout these last, you know, 10, 20 games where there's just been quarters specifically in second halves where the Kings go put the clamps on someone and then their offense is able to run away with it. Like if the Kings are hitting shots last night, I think they've just improved to four and nine in the games where they make 10 or less threes which I, I didn't think that there would be 15 game or 13 games at this point in the career it, in the season where they haven't made that many threes. But really, it, it doesn't need to be in the entire game. Just don't be horrible for the other three and yes. lock up for one, and I think you can run away with it with how good your offense is. And speaking of not making shots, um, obviously as a team, things didn't look great, but Keegan Murray last night missed all of his shots from outside after we've seen him have such an efficient January and now named Western conference, uh, rookie of the month. What, what did you think was going on with him and, and his play last night? I thought that he was fine. Um, I thought that defensively there were maybe some moments where he could have rotated quicker. There was the one that obviously stood out that Mike Brown pulled him to the side for, and the broadcast did a good job of showing all of that. Um, but, like offensively, he tried to poster somebody. And to me, like that's a good enough. That's all I need. I like that. That's it. all I need. He's a ridiculously good three-point shooter. And I, I just wrote about this on on the Kings Herald recently, like the growth we've seen from Keegan throughout this last month. It's all finishing, being aggressive. And and Coach Brown has talked about like the pull-up game that Keegan Murray has, he thinks is ridiculous. And we're just seeing the beginning of it. So like attempting to poster somebody is all I need from Keegan on a night because the three-point shot's going to happen. Yeah, I think that has been the one of the bigger surprises for me with him. Sometimes you talk about young players, and it just takes them so long. It's like they make the same mistake over and over again, mm-hmm. over and over again. And it ta- I mean, they're young. They're going to do that. You know, the, it, maybe they play a little soft, or some guys get a reputation of, hey, they're a soft player, and they just can't get out of it. I think it's been pretty wild, like, Keegan's response to some of these challenges. And it's like, all right, Mike Brown kept emphasizing, go dunk on somebody's head, go up strong, you're going up soft and getting your block shot all the time. How many times at the beginning of the year did we see Keegan get his his shot blocked at the rim? It happened a lot. Way too many times. Way too much going soft. That's getting better. You just mentioned that. I think that's that's probably been one of the bigger positives is just seeing his coachability and how he responds – when he's being held accountable. At and the rebounding. Yeah. Oof. Dude, that's been huge. 
he's rebounding like a monster. There's some clips like when I went look back for that specifically where he's getting it the same time as another player and ripping yep. it. And like that doesn't seem like Keegan's personality, but you see it on the floor when he is aggressive. He is just a, a different beast. I, I think that I was definitely somebody that was not a Keegan guy at the time of the draft, admittedly. Yes. Do, and, do you apologize for that now? Because you were really uh, upset. Well, you know, well, it's time will tell. But <laughs> you are not holding on to that still. Do you, you know, do you feel like we like that's what's so tough about the draft? Though? Let's what? be honest about it. What? Because like we try so hard to learn about these yeah. guys and it's like ultimately you just don't know. And when you you're like Brendan too and you put in a lot of time and effort and you fall in love with guys like you're going to have your your hopes for other people that you really still believe in but you still you feel my track record is pretty good because I really like Bancaro and I like Ma- I like Matherin. Oh okay. wow! I mean, and I really, like really tough. Mm. Well, the Matherin one no, was more. I of wasn't a wild really card. an Ivy guy. I'm... I really liked LeBron. I really liked Zion. <laughs> I'm telling you now. I was saying Matherin. I'm like that guy's a dog. Like I, t- I watched one of his games. I'm like Get, this do guy you, is a player. Do you Look love that? Him. Do you love that, Brendan? He goes. I watch one of okay, his games. Fine. And I knew. The, I'll, I'll admit this. I was obsessed with Mario Hazonia. I got caught up in the mixtape. That's when the that's was like this peak time of mixtapes for some reason. And yeah. now I'm like, I'm not doing the mixtape stuff. We're not. We got to watch games. You gotta Highlights watch in games. one game, yeah, okay? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Um, I, I, I will say, I think the main thing I was wrong about with the Keegan pick is how good the team is around him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of that where matters. I was questionable was like, I don't know that this team is good enough to pick a more like short-sighted player but they clearly are all right brendan um we really appreciate you hanging out with us we're up Truly. against it now as you hung out with us for a long time so uh thank Glad you so much it. for for being with us king's pulse podcast king's b uh where can you where do people go to get your work what's the best place for people who aren't listening to you or watching you yet or just discovering you where do they find you Appreciate it, guys. Always glad to hop on. Um, it's King's Pulse on any of the audio networks. That would be my main thing. And uh, I guess kingsherald.com for any written content as well. But that is it. Can't say how much I appreciate it, guys. Aww, Dude, Brendan, you're thank the you. best. Thanks for the support. Thanks for hanging out with us. And we'll do it again soon, man. Absolutely. That's the one and only Brendan Nunes coming up next. We close the right way. We got closing Ooh. time. We'll talk some more Kings. We appreciate you guys hanging out with us. It's Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports. It's Deuce and Mo on your local sports leader. Sacktown Sports. Deuce Mason, Morgan, Reagan. Coming up at 2 o'clock, we got Cattles and Rami. They'll be hanging out. You can watch them on YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. Like all these people. What, Morgan? What do you got? Nothing. I just noticed how the the um, whenever Deuce puts on the, his new sequin purple sparkly jacket that the camera will like focus in on it and like, oh, I don't even know what to do. As it should focus in on it because, you know, you got to dress for the occasion. Today. And then it becomes unfocused. It like doesn't want to use its lens anymore because it's so scared. As you take off the jacket. Well, I don't want it to mess with the camera. Okay. Well, there you go. Appreciate the love on the YouTube page. We got to a new high, 454 thumbs up. That's huge. Dude. And I know we mention it a lot on the show and people are going, why do they mention this so much? It just helps it grow. So like, Thank let's keep you. it moving. And we appreciate you guys so, so, so much. 
Um, Morgan, are you going to be like, if Fox doesn't make it today, uh-huh. are you mad? Or are you like, hey, let's just see if like injury replacement or is it is it upset? That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. Injury replacement. I think today, today wouldn't be the day that you get mad about it because even last night when I was talking about it, it was, well, I think he'll be an injury replacement. Um, not to say that I don't think he deserves to be voted in as a reserve because I do believe he deserves that. Uh, but I think he'll make it either way, even if it is as an injury replacement. So no, I'm not mad. But this is the this is the most excited and and invested. I've been in for Kings players being all stars. I think over the years, you you know, like send Buddy to the three point contest, send so and so to this and the skills and all. I never was as ex- it just felt like, sure, send them. Don't care. It wasn't really feeling it. Where this is like, no, it's real. Well, the Kings have not had a lot of all stars in franchise history, right? You had Mitch, Hall of Famer, Peja, Chris Webber, Vlade, Brad Miller. Uh, they've had a couple. They've had. A, Few years where they've had multiple all stars in a year. Yeah, you got to go back to Page and C. Webb did it in 01, 02, and 0203. Makes sense. Uh, the last time it happened, two thousand three, two thousand four, Page and Brad Miller. So it's been a long. I mean, that's another almost thing. Twenty that years ago, we talk up. Yeah, almost twenty years ago. I guess it was the 04 season. So like wow. nineteen years ago, that they had two all stars. So it would be. A pretty significant accomplishment. And like I just feel like there's something to it where Friday, if that does happen, Friday, you're going into a game where in all likelihood Tyrese is gonna be named an all-star, Sabonis an all-star, and maybe Fox. It's just kind of interesting. Wild. And by the way, Friday night, the Kings have a chance to win their 30th game of the season, which would match last year's win total. That to me, it gets a big night. It's absolutely insane. So that could all happen on Friday. Yes. Yeah. No. That's um. That's pretty wild. When you look at the journey to get to this moment, and I think for so many Kings fans, you know, we played a G-man call at the start of the show, and we were talking about how important this is for G-man and how this year has been. He just deserves it. When you look at all these Kings fans and the amount of hours that we have put into watching this team. And then now we might be rewarded with all these great things happening at the end of this week. I just feel really lucky. You should. I do. Enjoy the ride. I am. The journey's the best part. Perspective. Yeah, it, You have to have perspective this year. You do. And you can start, oh, I expect this. Like, wait till next year to do that. Yeah. All right? You can yeah. have expectations. But this year, it's about enjoying the ride. I think it's that time, Morgan. I think it's time for closing time. Closing time. It's closing time. But before we go, you know we have to give you a last call. All right, Morgan Reagan. We talked a lot of Kings today about their win over the Spurs. Yeah. About Fox and Sabonis. NBA trade deadline stuff. I want to go outside the Sacramento NBA world and talk about Jokic for a second. This season averaging a triple-double now. 25 points, 11 rebounds, 10 assists. A triple-double for a big guy. A center. That is a big deal. Do you think... That should be talked about more? Yes, 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 it should be. And I, I mean, I'm part of the problem. I'm not talking about it enough. I mean, there's times where I'm talking about Jason Tatum and I'm talking about KD and what, obviously not right now, but like just what he gives to the game of basketball. We have a healthy guy on the floor averaging a triple-double 
and is so fun to watch, but I'm not talking about him unless he's playing the Kings. Yeah, it, there needs to be a lot more chatter around him. I think there should be more chatter about what LeBron's doing, too. I don't think... Fair. I know the scoring thing is one thing, but what he did la- the other night at Madison Square Garden, yeah. he moved to fourth all-time in assists. We talk so much about the scoring, and he's going to break the all-time record, which is going to happen soon, I don't know, next few games or so. This is a big deal. Can I be honest? We only talk about LeBron, too, as like like you're saying, like as a, oh, he's going to break another record. Of course he is. Of course he is. Like people are acting like it's not that big of a deal. It's like when you have that courtside website to watch the box score of a game yeah. and they throw little stupid random facts at you all during the game. LeBron's bigger than that. You know, he's not just passing someone randomly each time he's making this. Like he's passing big names yes. on these lists. And yeah, it should be talked about as well. With that said, we're 50-plus games into an NBA season. We just talked about Jokic, who's won the last two MVPs. Who's Morgan Reagan's frontrunner for NBA MVP this year? Uh, This is real tough because, obviously, you look at where Jokic is. I think you can put him right there. Jason Tatum has just been on my list for this entire season. I think they're this last like two weeks is something like I haven't watched him as much you know so I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment of what I was seeing from him and just going straight to Jason Tatum but what he adds on both ends of the floor and what the Celtics have been able to accomplish is why I put him so high up there I'm putting Tatum right now okay and I know there's other guys in the mix you can throw Luka in the mix too Jokic has been outstanding I just think Tatum's elevated his game to another level and what needs to be talked about more with the Celtics is the chaos the chaos that they were faced with at the start of the year. If they had a disappointing year this year because, I don't know, they lost their coach before training camp, like the day before camp, coming off the heels of losing the NBA Finals, we would be like, "Ah, I mean, that's a lot to overcome. They have overcome it. Jason Tatum is playing better than he ever has, and it's fun to see these great players elevate their games to even another level. I think that's pretty awesome. I'm with you. I'm with you. Call your shot now, Morgan. Okay. Sabonis and Fox, are they both announced today? I'm saying yes. They both get You're in today. You're saying yes? They both get in today. No injury replacement. Fox, Sabonis, they get in clean. One, two, three. Yeah. Wow. Okay, my heart, my brain, I'm just going to go with my... I'm just going to go with my heart. They both get in. Because we'll it's just more soon. fun that way. We're going to find out very soon with Cattles and Rami. Can I, wait, can I add to you, closing yeah, comment? Yeah, yeah, this, is, this is not basketball. This just came in. Oh. Aaron Rodgers is at the AT&T uh, Pro Tournament, Ampro. Yeah. Whatever that's called. Yeah. And someone asked him something. Yeah. Here's his response. Hi, Aaron. Hi, Cole. Got any news you want to share with us? <laughs> not going to San Fran. <laughs> So, <laughs> does that, is everyone saying like, no, Aaron Rodgers isn't going to San Francisco after that? Yeah. 100, great, great job getting that. Yeah, no, he's not going to San Fran. He's probably going to retire with That's Brady. That's a random <laughs> thing to say. Yeah. That's such a, like, any news and you go, I'm not going to San Fran? I mean, maybe. We had anything. I don't buy it. He's probably going to San Francisco now. That's what Oh, he's swerving with. it, buddy? He is. This is a complete swerve. I don't buy No, no. I don't think Remember, that's what it is. Remember, everything in life is wrestling. Oh. 
Don't forget it. Stay tuned. We got Cattles and Rami. They're going to be live on YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. They'll find out live with you if Fox and Sabonis get in. Talk about last night's game and so much more. We'll be back live tomorrow at 11 a.m. We love you guys, but we got to go. See ya!